everyone, welcome to episode 602 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. Hello, I'm here as well. Michael's here too, we're talking about the episodes broadcast in the UK between the 13th and the 17th of November. 11, what's this? 11,109 <laughs> Why can't, you, why can't you read big numbers? 11,109 to 11,114 You don't put commas in? I, you, I, you don't honestly, mean commas any part. No, honestly, oh, can you put commas in? I, I could put commas in, yeah Because then I can read it better it What do you think the purpose of them are? I know, I know, I know. I, t- I teach this at school. We're not school. continental, you know. It doesn't mean that it's a decimal place. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it does mean that this week had episode 11111, which I guess is pretty cool. Because there wasn't a nod, 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 nod. Very cool. First time they've done it in Curry. And it was a good week, wasn't it? Yeah, that's Great. true. It's going to be <laughs> really, ages really, until really. they can do two, 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 two. Are oh, you just thinking about the number? <laughs> I don't. Is Coronation Street going to get to episode 22,222? How long would that be? <laughs> well, not under the 60 years, the way they're going at the yeah. moment, I'll tell you that. Um, I will be dead. Did, well, there we go. I hope you, in, hope you enjoyed the experience that you didn't even know was happening. How did, oh, this is like when you when they tell you... No, this is like when they're like, did you see, did you see it last night? What, what are you talking about? The celestial event that's only going to happen once every 10,000 years. I hear there is a celestial event happening tomorrow. Apparently there's meteors tomorrow, so uh, look is it, through is the it clouds and see them. Is it something only going to happen every 60 years? There's no Hallibop, I'll give you that. Hallibop? Yeah, the comet, do you remember? Hallibop, not Hallibop. I thought it was Hallibop. Listen, we haven't got we, we haven't got the expertise to talk about this, do we? Um, Curry was good this week, wasn't it? Yes, I. They're they're, it. they're on a winning streak at it the was moment. A, it was a once in a sixty year. Event. <laughs> it wasn't a five no. out of five week because I'm very very picky, but I very much enjoyed, enjoyed this it. week. Enjoyed Lots. it a lot more than some people. <laughs> Lots to talk about. It certainly stirred up some opinions Ooh, online, doesn't it? So, um, what, what else has been going on? So this? many hot takes. Oh, I forgot. What? I forgot to tell you. Um, I told one of my colleagues at school about the podcast today. <laughs> Except I did. I was always a bit um, embarrassing and like, oh, how do I mention it? And I didn't know the right words to say. Oh, I know. So. Just going. I do a podcast <laughs> with my wife about. No, I said. I said because we were talking about what we were going to do over the weekend, and she, I think she was going out tonight. And I said, oh, we, we're, oh you. She was going out doing something sociable, and you're like, I can't go out no, on I, Friday evenings. I said. I said. Have you? Do you know? Do you know? And do you know about oh my, my bit goodness. on the side? This is <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I said, a bit on the side is probably not the best um, word, phrase to use, but I love it all the same. I love it just as much. It'd be cooler if you were having an affair. <laughs> Why? Because you could just sit around on the sofa. It'd be more, it'd be too expensive. We can't do it. Well, um, or, or my... Or my fellow a bit on the side. So, so who's the, so somebody's listening maybe? No, she's no, out. She won't. Herself. She won't be listening. She no. won't be listening. Sorry, I can talk so about who, her, but she's we, lovely. If, if she can is. we slate her? No, she's fantastic. I don't even know who this is. No, it's, it's, you can tell me later. I'll tell you later. <laughs> you know later. you are. <laughs> she's not listening. Um, anyway, yeah. um, nobody cares. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking we about this week's Cory first. Um, I don't know whether anything else has happened no, in our lives, so I think we can just do a quiz and then get on with the show. Right. 13th to the have you got your pen? I do, yes, of course. 13th to the 17th of November, years in, in, ending in a three and an eight, and I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 13th of November, 2013. When Carla's wedding dress is discontinued, who does she ask to make her one? Hayley. Yeah, Gotta it's be always Hayley, Hayley isn't, isn't it? it? Good old Hayley. Always rely on her to make your wedding dress. So. 14th of November. That's probably the last wedding dress you made. Yeah. That's a harrowing thought. Might have silence for Haley there. 
14th of November 2008, why does David Platt threaten Eddie and Anna Windass? Why does he threaten them? Mm. Um, gosh, have they been in it already? I can't remember. Um, well, it'd be weird if they were. Well, no, I didn't. No, no, no. I mean, was this in their 2008. first... 2008. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I just don't know whether this was related well, to them not... It's a quiz okay. relating to dates. Um, they, they came You're and... the one who wanted right. to do the quiz. Okay, I think... And I'm probably wrong, because I think they've already been in Come the show on. for a while. Was it kitchen related? Give me an answer. I think that they were refusing to pay for a kitchen. Yeah. Hey. So you well, knew it all a long along. Together. Nice, nice. Keep going, keep going. Two oh, for yeah. two. Yes, I will. Don't tell me what to do. Do it. Come on. No. I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> I'll do the birthdays instead. 19th of November. No. <laughs> 15th of November, 1998. Who does Alec climb into bed with only to get a smack? Betty. Yeah? Yeah, but why? Um, why does he climb into bed with her? I can't... I think that... Oh, <laughs> it was... I can't remember. I can't remember. And I did watch it not too long ago. He didn't know she was going to be in bed with her. Uh, in, in bed with him, I'll tell you Everyone's that. Everyone's screaming happened. the answers. So Go I can't on, what's, believe what's the reason? Remind me. Uh, he thought it was Rita. Oh, yeah, of course. That makes sense. Perfect sense, though. Of November. Who wouldn't? 1983. If I was Rita, I'd give him a smack too. <laughs> 16th of November 1983. Why was Ken forced to rewrite his review of the Graffiti Club? Oh, that's a good question. I know, they're all good um, questions. These are all I'm... 10 out of 10 questions. <coughs> I'm going to say it's probably something to do with the fact that Mike Baldwin was involved in the ownership of the graffiti club and can get use it as an opportunity to take a pot shot at his rival in love. Yeah, the, the editor didn't want a critical piece about an advertiser. There we so go. So he made I, him say about how popular I get, Mike I'm was. Get, I'm giving myself a point for that. I, I know what I'm talking about. 17th of November 2008, final question. Which old friend does Emily meet in hospital? Oh, is it an old friend that she meets in hospital? <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. I don't remember. What, is it? Is it an obvious one? Should I know this character? I know who they are. Um, I don't, I'm an expert now. A friend, not a relative. Friend. Friend. Um, no, I don't know. This Tell is me. quite a famous. Is it return? Like, oh, two thousand and eight. It's it's not like oh this character's a mate. It's like hmm. No, I don't, you have to tell it's me. It's Jed Stone. Oh, Jed! Was this him coming back to get Nicker strangled? Oh, Nicker strangled. Well, you know, later on he did, didn't he? Right, birthday. Four out of five. Oh, well done. Thanks. <sighs> he's but he's got a birthday coming up then. Nineteenth of November, William Russell who played Ted Sullivan and Catherine Kelly who played Becky McDonald. Twenty third of November, Sue Nichols who played Audrey Roberts. 24th. And still does, might I add? Yeah, sorry. Don't ever, week, don't ever I? use this birthday section as some kind of coded message to to you yeah, guys. Yeah, we have got insider information. About who's been booed off the cars. She was she was next in the skip after Vin Diesel. Oh no! Twenty <laughs> fourth of November, Stephen Hancock, who played Ernest Bishop, and Warren Jackson, who's Nick Tilsley the first. Fantastic! Well, happy birthday to all those lovely people. Good job, Gemma. Good quiz. Good birthday lists. Let's have a good discussion about. This I don't make. Story. I don't really I have much control about the birthday it. lists. It's mostly people 
It's mostly the mums. I, I'm glad that you don't usually forget to do them. I don't. I don't forget. I know. Sometimes I don't do them, but it's purposeful. <laughs> you just want to get. Out I'm of like, it. I'm not doing it. Right, today. come on. Let's talk about Coronation yeah, Street. Right, Let's okay. get on with the show. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so welcome to the Street Talk segment of the podcast. I'm really looking forward to going over this week. Oh, <laughs> they think there may be some opinions no. inflamed with this no. week's episode. We'll have to see. No. Um, speaking of which, uh, because I have, I'm not really pleased with any of the storyline titles this week, but I'm calling calling the, the Amy one Amy Inflamed because there's, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a grimace from Gemma for that one. Not my best work. What about <laughs> this? Is also terrible. Isla Begaila, because. Ah, oh, she, uh, she is in beguiling. Yeah, maybe. No, okay. Poor Paulie Paul. Classic. Um, salon Up. That's not a bad one. Salon Up. <laughs> because they are selling up the That's salon. Like the salon one. is up. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure well North is anyway. Vape Alarm is back. Um, and, um, there's a li- and and that was mostly it. But we did have a little bit of the Joseph story on Monday. A little bit about the Rovers one. And um, Ed gets his um, Norris bank card, doesn't he? In the coal hard cash story. Um, so we will finish off the Street Talk segment by having a little bit of a chat about those. But um, yeah, Amy's story first. Um, do you want to do you want to launch into the synopsis or do you want to get any anything off your chest with oh, this one so no, far? I can't. I really can't. You sure? Are you gonna are you gonna Honestly, watch what you're saying tonight? I've got to hold my tongue. I thought this was fantastic. I'd heard on the rumour mill that there was going to be an Amy storyline, it was going to go a bit dark, but I I didn't really know what it was going to be. And then when they, um, at the beginning of this week, they brought back up the Aaron stuff and the, the spiking and the raping and everything. I was like, oh, okay, fine. I, I wasn't wasn't expecting to see that again. But um, <laughs> things, things definitely turned dark quickly, didn't they? And tonight's episode, when they had pretty much the whole of the second half of the episode set in the club, and uh, I just, I, we were both on the edge of our seats. We were I like, what, what is on earth is going to happen here? So uh, let, let's, let's just cut, cut the chat. Let's go to the synopsis, and we'll see where it takes us. So, Gemma, I, I assume you would like to take the lead in this story. Tell us, what was Amy getting up to this week? I think you should do this one. You, what, me? Mm. Well, mate, oh, but I, I hope that you're going to join in with, with, some, with some comments as we go there. Well, I will take the lead if you're happy with that. So, Amy and Nina, uh, no, I've even got it wrong. I've even written here Asher and Nina. Asher and Nina are getting chatting on the street to Amy at the beginning of the week. She is drowning in essay deadlines. You asked me earlier the, uh, this week what she's studying at university, and I still can't remember. Have you, have I thought it was some kind of business or... Oh, it might, yeah, it might be business. Naughty business by the sounds of it. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. She's got uh, deadlines for her essays, so she can't go out and have lovely fun times with them. Um, But as she goes in, Asha brings up this anti-spiking demo in the Northern Quarter tomorrow and wonders whether Amy's going to be going to it, because as we know, she, uh, Amy is not a fan of spiking, having been a victim herself last year. Do you think? Do you think that this whole story, like, was it like a year and a half ago, maybe that Amy was spiked? Yeah. Do you think that I, I always it makes me wonder how far in advance these are, are planned, and was when that happened to her, was it was the end point, or you know, was a, a key moment always going to be this, or was it a case of well, that's happened to her then, and then a year later they decide, oh, I wonder whether we should revisit that and make all this happen. It'd be really interesting to know whether this is a long term, very slow moving arc for Amy, or you know. Mm. Um, but anyway, she she she'd like to go to this thing, but there's just too much work on, so she can't. Um, when she's at the cafe later, she sees this woman who um, was the one that did the disappearing act in the community centre last week, and um, and as we know, Amy is a um, 
a committed shoulder volunteer. So she volunteers her shoulder to the woman to have a good cry on. Um, they go back home. Um, they, I think they gave her a name, Kate, I think it was, maybe. Um, and and they're, they're going back to number one and the woman's talking about the experience that she had when she was date raped. So she said, I was out, oh, I woke up the next morning, banging head next to a guy in bed. She thinks she was spiked. She thinks that she'd had sex. And Amy says, that wasn't sex. You didn't consent. What happened to you wasn't sex. And the woman says, look, I, I've not been able to tell anyone about this. And I, how, how, how did you manage to get through this? And, and Amy, at this point, just starts to break down. She's The woman already is kind of in tears about this. And Amy's realising that she is in just a bit over her head at the moment, and she says, look, I listen to you, I don't think I've dealt with this at all. So later on, Amy's summoned Summer over to come and see her, and she's crying her eyes out, barely get the words out, and Summer just gives her a big old hug. She says, I, I just don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do with this woman. I, I was trying to say the right things to make things better, but I just didn't have the right words. I should have been able to help her. And Summer's like, no, you had this happen to you. That doesn't make you an expert in giving advice on what to say to other people who have been in a similar situation. You're already doing more than enough. Um, and she kind of helps her out there. And Amy says, you know what? I think I will go to that anti-spiking demo after all. How did you How did you find that scene with, with what Amy? What do you mean? Just, I, I just what was, the, the, the one with Amy and, and the lady and the crying lady. Oh, I was going to say we didn't get to see the demo. No, 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 the, 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 of course we didn't because well I was I would say they never liked to film offset but we did get to see the clubbing scene tonight no, I, I thought just thought it was very effectively done that those two women having had a similar experience both great actresses I think that Elle Mulvaney is pulling a blinder at the moment I think she's doing such a great job um, and yeah I, I that that's what kind of really hooked me into the week yeah I think one thing that is a negative maybe about modern acceptance of mental health issues is that we expect you to be able to fix the problems and if you just do xyz then you'll be okay Mm. and so the fact that amy is still she's been seeking help but she's still not okay and she is finally admitting to herself that even though she's doing all the right things in inverted commas there's still and a certain amount of time that needs to pass. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. It's it feels it's difficult for us, I suppose, because as viewers, we've not seen a whole lot of Amy since this story's been on. She was flirting around with Ardy at the beginning of the Courtney story, but she's been sidelined and it's almost like we're we're sometimes conditioned as soap viewers to think, well, when the story's over, then it's all been neatly put away in the box and the characters got over it. And the next time that we see them, they'll just be back to normal like they're before it all started almost. But um, clearly this is, yeah, she's she, she's been doing her shoulder volunteering as, as a way to, I don't know, how do you think that that is a way to try and help other people and maybe... Clearly what went on in the club today was her going out and literally taking revenge on men. Um, but It maybe... wasn't taking revenge on men. Well, it was being able to fight back, wasn't it? it is, this Against is... who? Nasty men. Nasty men. Not, not A specific man who was doing a specific thing. Yeah. This is the problem. There are so many people who... And I'm going to say it's men <laughs> who want to project the the idea that if a woman 
does does something to like is that scary to them then she hates all men like what are you there's loads of people on the internet i want to ask them what are you scared of happening to you personally as a man as a result of this storyline because there are loads of people who can watch amy's storyline and say that happened to me that happened to my friend that could happen to me and and it's realistic it's a realistic fear any man watching this going we can't let the women spike us that's not fair <laughs> that seems to be the problem with that loads of people have like the idea that a woman would take revenge yeah it's far-fetched and silly so don't worry about it it's not going to happen to you and the only reason it happened to this bloke was because he was trying to do it to her first oh yeah I mean... it's not sometimes soap stories are realistic and heart-hitting and gritty and honest and real this isn't supposed to be that this has moved on from that this is the realm of fantasy now and there are plenty of people watching this going yeah go on girl roll him in the canal well this this i I turned to (laughs) i turned to you when the 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 club scene was happening tonight and saying she's turned she's turned into tracy yes it's brilliant but when when tracy Tracy was was bludgeoning charlie i think we were kind of egging her on a little bit there because of what what a vile man that he was yeah and, and this this dude that she was um in, in the club with was as you know in, in real life she'd be like amy don't, don't do that but as 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 people watching her work of fiction i was like yeah this is a this is brilliant she wasn't doing it to some innocent man who is just in the wrong place at the wrong time he was trying to spike her and let's not forget he ended up in hospital and the doctor said he nearly died so imagine, you know, it's, it's touch and go. Good job you got him here. Otherwise, he, he wouldn't have known if he would have made it. She's much smaller than this bloke. She probably would have had a worse reaction. And this this guy could have killed her. Let's, let's... I have no sympathy. I'm sorry. I think it's brilliant. She, she, I think she. I think Ardy should have shut his mouth and let's get to that when we get there because so far we're, we haven't even we haven't even got it's to Wednesday's episode <laughs> it's not real so I think yeah some things Amy... feel real and this I'm sorry Can you are you watching this and thinking this feels real to you it's could, not is it it's a the, fantasy couldn't the woozy woozy camera fades and um and banging music yeah. give it away no I was just kind of saying that the, the shoulder volunteering for Amy was a way of helping women who had been affected by her and saying well by it, her but sorry by 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 nasty men that's the the pg version of what we would call them um and she knows because she feels that aaron got away with it i think doesn't she do you think she feels i think she think that might be well yes and and she obviously doesn't like she didn't didn't feel he got away with it he got away with it he did he well yeah he did get away with it i think she feels like she hadn't she didn't do enough to stop mm. him from getting the punishment that he clearly deserved, but by helping these women who have been mm. through similar situations, maybe she can get a nasty man sent down that <laughs> way. This week, it turned very much into the next level, <laughs> just yeah. like taking direct action. I'm going to say another thing also. I think a lot of the times when women are being urged to come forward with, uh, to try to prosecute or get... Um, you know justice for what's happened to them a lot of the argument that gets used is oh you stop it you're stopping it from happening to somebody somebody else and that can really make you feel guilty if you decide not to go ahead or Mm. you can't go ahead for some reason um so 
there, there's definitely a real possibility that Amy now feels guilty every time she f- meets another victim. Who knows whether the person that this woman's talking about, it could have been Aaron. Well, yeah, and I wonder whether she'd be thinking, well, Aaron's moved away now. Who's who's he raping now? Well, to be clear, this, the situations... Amy, Amy was in two separate situations that have been conflated into one. Um, she wasn't... She wasn't roofied and raped. She was... She was spiked once by accident. Was it by accident? Well, it was during the party. Wasn't it during the summer... The, the winter ball? No, no, no. I don't... Oh, was it? I, oh, you know what? I don't... I thought it was no, Max. No, I think, I think maybe... Yes, it was. You're right. You remember Max this better it. than me. Max. Max spiked her by accident yeah. and nothing happened. Yes. And then she was also... Um, raped by Aaron when they were both drunk and she didn't mm. consent to what happened. There was an awful lot of dodgy business going on that, that Weatherfield High. There was upskirting, there was date raping. There's vaping. Oh it, my goodness Shut me. it down. <laughs> yeah. So, so just all to be clear, Crawshaw, she's not shown her head for a while. I think she's just hiding behind <laughs> her so desk shame. in shame. <laughs> she's getting the That's why the head teacher terrible. hasn't been in it. Mr Griffiths hasn't been in it for years. <laughs> like, and she's like, can I join you in me, your I'm bunker? <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Aaron didn't spike her, but she's she certainly has been a victim of sexual assault. Yes, um, and I, I can imagine if, if you've had these kind of things happen to you, it can mess your head up so I, much you know, that the ideas do get conflated in There's obviously head. a difference in intent between somebody spiking a drink in a club to get a woman that they do not know so um, drugged up, they don't know what's happening to them, and two people drinking to the extent that they can't consent to, to sex. There's mm. obviously two different things. But in Amy's mind... If she can save somebody from that, I mean, they're, you know, they're similar. They're similar enough, aren't they? Yeah. And what better way to save people from that than um, by going and waving some placards around the northern quarter? So that's what she decides to do along with, uh, who is it, Evelyn, Cassie and Summer. They go off there on Wednesday, don't they? She's able to... She, she's They're going to meet Toya later, don't worry. Did, did they say that? You yeah. mentioned that the other day. Yeah, poor Toya didn't get a look in. Toya's sure. in the northern quarter going, where are they? <laughs> yeah. I knew they'd back out. Everyone always says they're going to protest me, but spiders anyone ever did. There, there, was a, there was a nice little scene with Roy as well, who um, although was um, uh, you know he agreed with the the right to peacefully protest, he doesn't think that taking a tube of superglue is a good idea if she's going to be doing any um, modern newfangled protesting of supergluing yourself to the railings. And uh, she's not a mum, is Amy? She's she's not going to do anything stupid. Really? She barely barely takes ten paces before she's trying to use the board to flatten uh, Mason, who confront them in the street. And weren't uh, they all horrible scrotes today uh, on Wednesday? Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, I know. This I, is exactly I, I'm really what really enjoying Mason. I, I will teenagers. I'm going to put my hand up and say the because the first few appearances of Mason. He was just a background, wasn't he? Back in he's September, horrible. was it? Yeah, and I was like, oh, there's that guy that they've done the press for. Uh, I'm, I'm, he, he's, you know, just another team. But I think that Luca is doing such a good job. So obnoxious. He doesn't intimidate wanna... me, but I'm bigger than him. Well, no, I that's not true. Are. I'm older than him. I'm older than him. I think I want to smack him with a placard. But I, I think I think he's getting he's getting a bit of the aging Critchley vibes for absolute sure. Yeah, and, set um, him up for murder. 
Yeah. Um, so he he he's having a go at Amy. I can't remember what he says. They were just like, they were like, oh, he'd want to. They just said the most. Oh yeah, who'd like, yeah, who'd want to who'd want to sleep with you? Millie, yeah, it's just the of. most foul, yeah. stupid. So Amy kind of stands up to him, and she, she at first she's just kind of squaring up to him and like, I'm not afraid of you, and she is what five six she's years smaller. older than maybe, well, she's but she's than definitely him. yeah a lot more petite than him. So she's showing them that he's she's not scared. Um, but then he carries on goading her, so she starts going at him with the placard <laughs> just just in time. So coincidental that a police car happens to be stopping right by. I mean, we you can't most, walk five paces in Weatherfield without a police car just driving past. The most infuriating thing too was that he just thought this was funny all the way through, and now she's in trouble. Oh what, Luke? Uh, I keep Mason. calling him Luca because I know that's the actor's name. I don't usually do that. Mason, yeah. Because he's like, oh, Amy's intimidating me. Oh, you should get, him, get her in trouble. Yeah, he's like, oh, officer, officer. Oh, like, oh, because she's the one who's done something wrong now. Yeah. Because saying horrible things to people, I mean, some things is actually literally illegal, but apparently being sexist, no, you can you can do that all day long. She, I think that... You know, if if she'd have if she had whacked him with that placard, I don't it. think many people would have blamed her. But yeah, oh, at, I think at that time, of, there were so many. He wasn't people technically doing anything illegal. Who so much want to hold Amy to higher standards than all these disgusting men who prey on her? It's really ridiculous. Well, she kind of um, ups the game when the police let her off later on by going and spraying graffiti over the car. <laughs> when when she was doing it, I was like, oh no, Amy, don't do it. I I was a little bit disappointed. I'm glad that it's gone the way that. It has now. I didn't realise that it was gonna going down there, the the the, the kill Bill route with the revenge. But um, when she started spraying the graffiti, I thought Amy wouldn't do that. Oh but, no way! Look, there's the the rage that you feel when when you're when injustice is being done to you, and people are laughing in your face, and you're trying to make the world a better place. Do you think that she just wanted an audience with the police? She just wants justice. But she's not going to get justice by spray okay, paint in a right. police car. Okay, that is such a privileged position to to come from, to say you shouldn't, you should never do anything wrong to try to get um, justice or equality for yourself. There are so like there are so many times when civil disobedience is the only route that you can take to try to get your point across. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily a sterling example of that, but. If you have never felt that burning rage of injustice, then I don't think you can truly understand how, how Amy, how her visceral reaction to, to this and why she did what she did. But I can totally sympathise with her. Oh, I, t- I, really, I, I did sympathise with her. And who's to say that, you know, writing NT on a police car is not going to really <laughs> help. <laughs> But there are lots of things, there are loads of people, who, there are loads of really famous social justice, like progressives who have changed the course of history and none of them did it by standing with a sign in their hands. Mm. What, um... Like loads of them, loads of them, like that was part of the movement, but some of the things that happened that changed the course of history were not peaceful or nice or friendly I suppose, I suppose she could have been done worse. She could have she could have blown it up or something. I what? think she should have hit Mason to, and beaten him to death. Any, um, the, you know, the um, Undertaker's right there. 
<laughs> any any suggestions about what Amy might have been uh, scrawling on that police card? I um, thought it was brilliant because we were all thinking it, weren't we? But the fact that they just showed the last two letters was brilliant. Or, or was it? You know? I think it was something. I think she wrote the NT of do, don't mm-hmm. look behind you. But Mason is there and he's horrible. And the possibility I fear for him is that he might eventually commit some kind of crime against somebody because we already know that he's racist and sexist. So who knows what he's capable of? I fear for his future victims, but I also fear for him. I'll tell you because what, she's worried about on, finishing her essays, but if he's it's, on the bad, she looks like she's on writing one on the side of the car now, here. Imagine what his future holds. I'm, and then she'll do like a little uh, smiley face. I, I'm thinking that she's writing NTA bait for the storyline. She's writing, bring <laughs> back just the, the soap awards. No, that hasn't got an NT in. <laughs> Don't bring back the soap awards. <laughs> um, so, of course... Don't bring back the soap awards. Not. <laughs> Summer, the... the, the the okay, party well, pooper. then I, I'm sorry, I don't know. No, well, I can't I, think of it. Like, I just can't think Those of it. Those are my only guesses. Some of the party pooper comes running over and saying, Amy, Amy, no, what are you doing? The police didn't even realise they'd been graffiti, no. did they? I do think they might but have realised that have, it was the, the Marty girl that had a spray can in her hand. He was trying to prob- beat a man probably. to death with a sign earlier. We did establish a couple of weeks ago that Weatherfield police aren't the most observant. Was it um, Swain coming out of the kebab shop? <laughs> don't tell Stephen. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that was... No, what was it? Was Swain, oh, yeah, that, Swain and Carla. oh yeah, that was right. It was Swain that didn't see Stephen. You're right. Yes. And, uh, but anyway, so Amy gets um, hold on down to the cop shop. Like, th- whoa, what? <laughs> Summer, thank you for telling us. Yes, you're um, under arrest. And and they take her in. Hot Summer's running behind, saying, "No, no, she didn't mean it." But uh, it's good old Swain who gives her an interview. Um, Swain does seem to be the go-to detective she now. Isn't she? It She's feels like it feels like they used to, you know, shuffle them round a little bit, but I think they've they've they're, they think they're onto a good thing with this one. Well I think that they use different people. They they seem they have like Yeah but they, they use them in blocks. They use them in blocks. Yeah but come on, come on, let's have a bit of McKinnon. Right. Although I will Swain's say great. so I, I I've always been, you know, a little bit I've I've not felt the Swain love as much as <gasps> some other You're not on the Swain train outlets. The Swain train. The Swain train. Did you make that up, or is that a thing? I don't know if I is did. Is that part of the? Any, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not particularly. I was maybe at the, the Swain station, but this particular scene. You're like, I don't know if I can afford this ticket. <laughs> this particular scene, I think that I'm going to say that this is right up there with one of Swain's best scenes. This, this was almost kind of character development for Swain, wasn't it? Which they don't tend to give to these random detective women. Um, they'd shown that she was, you know, a hard ass and everything, but. This when Amy was telling her about the stupid sexist comments, stupid sexy flanders. I was going to say that stupid sexy. Flanders. She was telling her about the stupid sexy flanders, the stupid sexist comments that Mason was making, and you guys did nothing. Aaron got away with it as well, and Swain Swain's. She says, "Look, I agree with you. The mistreatment of women is terrible. We need to be educating young boys better." She doesn't. She say even say that the system is flawed. Swain admits that the police. The police don't make the, the justice rules. Si- she says the justice system isn't right. For, and and I, says this, I loved, even though, you know, maybe a, as a police officer, she should not be saying this. But, um, no, I think she, she's correct. Who was it the other week in Corrie that was... What are you trying to say? Oh, no, it was, this, is, this was like Billy going on the radio and ragging on the church, wasn't it? This is Swain realising that she, she too like, works for an institution that, that maybe 
isn't completely um, set up for the modern day. Yes, exactly. It must be frustrating for her. Mm. And especially in her line of work, she must see... And again, I don't want people to get the wrong idea here. Where I Sometimes when people hear somebody championing women's causes, they automatically get defensive and say, but what about men? What about men? I'm talking about women at the moment. You, you have to focus on one thing at a time. So Swain must look and say and see to herself the amount of times when she has female victims of crimes who don't get the justice that they want. Mm. We've seen it happen to like Yasmin and other, other people like that where they they get stuck in coercive control relationships, yeah. etc. And so she, she must see time and time again women turning up with black eyes saying, oh, you know, I'd, I, I'm not going to, you know, I need him. Mm. or I've forgiven him, or he said he won't do it again, or, you know, women saying, well, I'm telling you he raped me, and they say, well, we haven't got any proof. Yeah. You know, there, there are so many ways that she sees, as a group, women being let down, and women are not the only group that, you know, that suffer, but this is a storyline about that specifically. Mm. So, yeah, she she's, she's going to be saying, I can only do... What the law allows me. Yeah, I, I, I just really liked how the script writers allowed her to, to voice that opinion when these type of characters are usually very neutral, aren't they? Um, what I, I would just absolutely adore, and this is never going to happen, but it'd probably be so cheap for it to actually... I just want a scene in the, in the women's locker room <laughs> or somewhere else, maybe the canteen at Weatherfield Police Station oh, with Swain, Abney, McKinnon, all of the police officers that are all kind of like, oh yeah, it's so-and-so when they come on. Just talk, this storyline would be perfect for it, wouldn't it not? Having all of those those brilliant female I'm on, I'm on side character officers just getting together and talking about what, what the hell is going on here. Maybe then they go rogue, I don't know. But I would love that, absolutely love it. Get Jess in as well. Yeah, Jess. I don't know. Like you can't sit with her. I was, I was expecting <laughs> there to be more with Jess this year after she, because um, she was there taking the statement from Daisy, wasn't she? After mm. um, after the acid attack, I think. Um, I would, I would just really, See, that's really love example, that. that's another example, though, isn't it? Because Daisy couldn't get any any help because mm. there had to be a certain amount of um, what's the word? Evidence. Evidence, yeah, which the evidence comes in the form of harassment. Mm. And, you know, and you can totally see the, the problem because you, you can't live in a world where the police arrest you because you hung outside a pub twice. Yeah, I guess you know? the, the theme so, the theme this year, the overarching theme is um, it's hard to get justice if you're a woman. No, it's sometimes it's hard <laughs> to be a woman. Yeah, but you have your perks, don't you? What do we get? Uh, Listen, I've heard enough. I, I apparently we're the have our cake and eat it gender. You, you're very good at cooking. Uh, I think that's not gender related, <laughs> sex related. Um, okay, so anyway, we get to, to, to we Swain, get to Swain life, Michael. Exactly, exactly. And get, we get to be crazy cat ladies. What do you get? You just become smelly old men <laughs> who live by themselves. Exactly. Like Ken Barlow, you all get to turn into old Ken, Ken wish, bet Ken wished he lived by himself. Um, Peace and quiet. Where, where was he? You weren't worrying about Amy tonight, was he? When when Steve and Tracy were prancing around in their leopard skin onesies. No, that's true. He came into the front room and went, I'll, I'll leave you. I'll <laughs> anyway, bark. Swain's telling Amy, you just... You, uh, this, this, you this go, girl. Sec- I 
totally agree with you. The system sucks, but you need to trust the people who care about you, your friends, your family. They're saying you need to try and move forward with this. And honestly, that's the best thing. You deserve to live your life. And she lets her free. Like a butterfly. Disgusting. I can't believe it. That's criminal damage. <laughs> well, I... I don't care. I thought it was funny. Loads of people... Yeah, I'm just... I've got a beam on it. <laughs> people weren't happy... Some people weren't happy with that, but I, I I thought it was odd and I thought that... I don't know what justification... You know, well, Swain said, I'm the, I'm the officer in charge here at the moment, so I, I, what I say goes, but she, she had graffitied the police car, oh, that's look, all I'm saying. The thing this is, isn't that this what we want from police, though? It, don't we want them to use their judgment sometimes and say, looking at this, the benefits of me having, arresting you, charging you with a crime, putting you through the system, using the court time, court's time so that we can decide what to do with you, and then picking a punishment, whether that's custodial, which of course it wouldn't be, or community service or something, would you stop doing it if I just told you not to do it again? And is that actually what you just need? Mm-hmm. But it didn't really work, Spain, because she went <laughs> she to went murder a man on Friday. <laughs> so maybe she should have put her in in a slammer. I, I was glad that Amy got away. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't down for a story where Amy goes into goes into a cell and, and then she has to go to a plea hearing. I, I wasn't sure feeling that. I'm sure so the police Narratively, use, letting her go. I'm sure the police use the their best. judgment like this scores of times. Mm. I'm sure they do. I suppose like if, if this was a court, if she was being tried, often the judges would say, well, you've done this. You, you clearly did it. So you, you're pleading guilty. I have. I am obliged to give you this particular sentence, but maybe at this. Service, I don't know. I'm, what not, would it be? I'm not a police. I'm not a police officer. Probably it would be like trying to teach Mason French or something. <laughs> um, anyway, community service. Anyway, um, Sean would be good at that. We we heard from the beginning we, of the we, week. Sean's quite. Um, yeah, he's got quite a vocabulary. Yeah, actually, going there. It's, it's actually pretty good. He's he better than right. me. Ooh la la. Anyway, Amy gets back to the street and she sees. I've got twenty-two hours in Duolingo. I, now, I I know you have. It's very no, good. twenty-two I, hours. Yes, twenty-two hours. It's very good. Twenty-two hours in Duolingo. You 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 should be fluent at this point. Um, we. Oui. <laughs> um. She be- she bumps into Ardy. I loved all the Ardy and Amy stuff this week. I totally shipped these two. They're oh. really, really sweet together. And the fact that it's not sexy sexy as well, it's like really good friends. And they were they were linking arms in arms down the street, weren't they? I just loved it. I it's think it's really, is... really strong, supportive. Um we're we're good mates here. I think this is good because this starts a relationship on the right foot here because he rightly should be scared of her. <laughs> he knows what she's capable of. This is of what now. the best relationships are like, isn't it? Where the man's slightly scared the whole time. <laughs> well, I, I, exactly. I should I should know. Yeah, that's um, why our marriage is so successful. <laughs> they end up in speed dial, and uh, he he admits at this point that he's been dumped by Courtney because he's been keeping that a secret, and he invites and I told you so from Amy, and and then start to get a bit like have a hover with them, don't they? And they're kind of giving each other a bit of a look and. Uh, you know, things look seem to look like they could be progressing further, although at this point they don't in the week. Um, well, they're in public. And it, well, it's disgusting. Doesn't it? I'm sure it wouldn't stop half the residents disgusting there. Disgusting animals. Summer comes in <laughs> and chats to Ardy at the bar and she says, look, I'm really worried about Amy. She really flew off the handle earlier with Mason. I'm worried that next episode she might have a whole half of an episode dedicated to her and... Um, 
I gave also I'm worried Ardy because I lent her my black duct tape <laughs> and, and I asked says, her what she needed it for and she said a special project and then she looked over my shoulder as we know Summer is a very astute character and she was bang on the money Ardy on the other hand um, it's like no no she's fine she's taking back control I, re- I reckon she's on the way up and then that <laughs> cuts to a scene of Amy turning up at a nightclub in a street that is definitely definitely not the street just behind Roy's Rolls that's been used for random things I think it was the same club that mm. when she, when she yeah. was spiked before she was going to. She wasn't spiked def- in the def- club. No, no, no. She went to the club afterwards, didn't she? Yeah. But yeah, definitely not Kitchener Street there. I and would love the- this. Can I just say, I would think this, I petitioned Coronation Street to make it so there is a nightclub just the other side of Roy's Rolls. And like, <laughs> sometimes if, if Roy has a late, like, event where he does some kind of, remember when he did this, the, the thing with Mary and they were make, made an Italian theme night or something like that? Yeah. Imagine if he's just out, like, scraping into the bins and he looks up and there's just all these teenagers puking on the floor. <laughs> I think it's a one night Roy needs to be out there putting the bins out and, and sees the club there and is like, you only live once and <laughs> just goes in there. <laughs> he could make a fortune selling bacon rolls to all these people that are coming out drunk. Oh, yeah, I bet, I bet. Come on, but Roy. anyway, for... Yeah. Not opposite, uh, outside the back of Roy's. It's definitely it's not just there. filmed there. And um, anyway, from the sounds of what the bounce are saying on the door, she's been going there for a few nights on the trot. And she says, what can I say? I, lo- I like the warm drinks and the sticky carpet. I thought this was a really intriguing and very lovely teasy kind of end to an episode. I had no clue whatsoever where this story was going this week. And I knew that Elle had been going on, I think she was on Good Morning Britain or whatever the show is at the moment I knew that she'd done that on Monday but I I didn't know that it was going to be club stuff so when she turned up there on Wednesday and it was clearly there as a tease for later stuff I was like oh What's happening here? Oh, the and, people. And I really hope that this wasn't one of those teasers yeah, that yeah. we could get it on Wednesday and then you got to wait two weeks to find out what she's no. been doing. They went straight into it on the Friday, which was brilliant pacing. All the people that are mad about what Amy got up to here, if you weren't as mad about what happened to her originally, then you can sit down. <laughs> Do you not think? Oh, yeah. There's loads of people that are outraged at the idea that a woman would be able to take revenge like this. And it is a fantasy. No women, There aren't women doing this. But there are men doing what this guy was doing and what Aaron has done and what Max did. Use your outrage on that situation. I bet there are some women out there who oh, are... Well, tell me who they are and I'll join forces. <laughs> Mind you, no one's letting me into a club. Why? I turn up to the club, I'll be like, hello, I've come here for a drink and to enjoy the ambiance. And he'll be like, you're here to attack men, aren't you? With your evil cabal of women. You're not the sort of person who would normally come to a nightclub. No, um, no, 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 this is uh... And then a throw sticky tape and run away. They wouldn't let me in because I'd be, I'd have the trainers on and I hear that, you know. No I, trainers. Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm not, nor how I've have I ever been a great frequenter of clubs. I was also a little intrigued. <laughs> or a marine biologist. <laughs> I was, I was also quite intrigued about, is it, is it bad that somebody goes to a club for three nights on the chart? Is that, is that just not normal? what teenagers do? Not that she's a teenager. She's I think, a teenager, I can't remember. I think if you want to make a proper yeah, go of it, you can't come back the next day. Because you'll probably still be hungover. Mm. Well, so she's just riding on through, is she? I don't know, but, you know, just just the idea that it's a nightclub makes it as a, a dangerous place for me. Oh, yeah. So, um, it's like the graffiti club all over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Ro- um, 
Ken's there going, just please. <laughs> so a den of iniquity. Um, so Friday, Friday then. This is the this is the the the, the peak of this story for me. Um, Tracy, there's a odd thing. What what is it with Corey writers? producers whoever idea it is wanting to put characters in comedy onesies is there like a deal on on comedy onesies uh, at, Michael, down at the precinct you got paul in, his, paul in his uniform you, unicorn. Uh, unicorn uniform and you, you got tracy and steve supposedly wearing leopard skin matching onesies I, well, it was nothing more well, it. they were it was nothing more than the writers going wouldn't that be funny if and and it, it didn't quite hit for me i don't i didn't think we needed it but anyway was Sorry, Michael, some people find it comical. I know, I know. Um, they're, they're a bit worried, especially Tracy is worried that Amy's been sneaking about. She's been coming back late. She hasn't been going out early. Has and she Amy's done her just, essay yet? She's, she says she has, but she says she was, she's, you know, she's on her, on her way with it. Um, but I bet she hasn't even read the book. I, well, the book of law. No, business. The book of business. Yeah. Is Alan Sugar's biography? <laughs> so Asher cajoles Amy into going out with her later, and Amy kind of talks about Algie going along too. Um, but when she invites him, he says he's not really in the mood after the breakup with Courtney, but he is still willing to volunteer his shoulder should she ever need somebody to listen. Uh, Ardy, you her. can't be a shoulder volunteer. You got to sign up. That's an up. official thing. Yeah. You can't just be a freelance. Mm. So Amy decides that um, she's going to, she tells Asha that she's going to try and buckle down a little bit more and not go out so much. But then she sees Dylan moaning on about being a victim of Mason and, and oh, I've always let people walk over me. And she's like, yeah, me too. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm off out to my club again. It's also, Friday night after all. I was going to say, if I was looking for predators, Friday night would be my main, Friday and Saturday. Well, that's what, that's why we do a Friday on, a podcast on Friday night, isn't yeah, it? Because we're too scared, scared of the presses. <laughs> nightclubs. Maybe, see, right, okay. I'm wondering whether the people that were super triggered by this storyline never watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because this is just basically what she did. Except she wasn't attacking rapists. It true, was vampires. Yeah. yeah. You guys obviously missed out on a massive core cool part of your childhood. Maybe that'll be the next twist, because we had says it's, it's strayed into the realm of fantasy somewhat. I can definitely Maybe, imagine. What was this um, guy's name? Dan or something, was it? Maybe he's a vampire. I think imagine Mason being a vampire. Oh, yeah. He totally got vampire written all over him, Mason. Because, Look at those eyes. Because in... This is this is the thing. In Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the, the, when the vampires turned... They were. They had this horrible kind of like big, hor- meaty forehead. Horrible. Yeah, cling on. They like. weren't like sexy, sparkly vampires like you guys grew up with. <laughs> anyway, she's off to a club. She gets there and um, she gets chatting to a guy at a bar. Um, Why who... is he here? This man. What's he doing here? He's he's there to introduce us narratively to the fact that right. this nightclub is supposedly a bit of a dodgy area. And there's full of guys hanging around, only wanting one thing, and maybe doing a bit of spiking to get See, there. You're not allowed in a in a nightclub if you're married. Everyone knows this. I oh yeah he, yeah she was kind of coming on to him a little bit, wasn't she? He's like, sorry, I'm married. Like, I I do I wonder whether we're going to see any more of him because I'm not yeah. convinced that he served that much of a purpose so far, apart he... from to confuse me because I spent a couple of scenes thinking that he was the same guy as the spiker they and you had to had... put me right. They should have had different hair. Because like it's for face blindness again. He should have had long blonde hair or something. He should have had a big bushy beard. Um, so she, he, she goes off and she sees somebody spiking a drink and taking it over to a lady. And uh, this is where... 
at this point, all the filmic effects are really kicking in. But this is where it really worked. And, I, and I'm being mega hypocritical after having slated it for the last few weeks. But I think for this particular scene and the, and the, the, the nightlife dream-like quality of it and a drugged up the euphoria I, I think it I think it was it fitted it absolutely perfectly did, I didn't did mind it so much today it, it could have been fine it without it but it was I wasn't watching it going oh, no we don't need it we get it cuts where it's like here's a wheel and there's another wheel and here's a sink and another sink yeah it was because they had lots of well all of the scenes go and run after each other in the second half of the episode were the same story and Corey's not used to doing scene to scene to scene in the same storyline yeah Um, so they had to show the passing of time by using fading car headlamps or whatever but anyway she, she sees this guy about to spike a woman bashes into them knocks the drink away and says oh sorry sorry um, let me take you to the to the bogs and, and clean you up so they go to the loo together and Amy says that I know this guy he chatted up well she doesn't she lets her she dries her top off she lets her put her top back on and then she says Look, right this is going to sound weird yeah it is going to sound weird you've had five minutes to say this that would have been the first thing most normal people have said as soon as you get in the toilet go oh my god come here that man was trying to spike you. That's the what you say. You don't go. Oh, she was just waiting for the most dramatic moment to reveal it. She's building up the tension. I don't she get says, why there was this big pause because it wasn't realistic. I suppose it was because they the, the writers wanted to have her as soon as the speech had happened go back out into the club rather than being told the story and then. I don't, I don't know. I don't they they probably could have done it another way. It didn't, it didn't bother it me doesn't. so much. But anyway, she says that this guy chatted up my mate the other week and he spiked her. And the woman's like, I don't believe you. And he says, well, I, I saw him doing it. Do you? I saw him dripping something into your drink. And the woman says, Why look. Why did she lead with that? That's what I don't get. Why did she make herself sound so dishonest and weird and lie about it? I don't know. That would have been, I would have been like, hey, this... Like, sorry I spilled a drink on you, but the man you're with put stuff in your drink and I think he's going to spike you. Straight to the point. Why Why build up all this... Don't beat like, about the bush, Amy. Excuse me, my name's Amy Bartholomew and I am a drink inspector and I have reason to suspect the man you're with. Has been, you know what? Just tell her, tell her straight. <laughs> um, you have to make up a fake alibi it, t- it turns out as, uh, over the course of this conversation that Amy the reason Amy has been coming to the club every night is to try and spot a spiker and basically give him a taste of his own medicine that's not possible why what do you mean well it's in order to give a man who's trying to, to... oh for the rapey bit yeah yeah well at least get him get him a bit woozy so they leave the bathroom the woman goes off and and well, so she the... believes amy eventually she, yeah she does she she does eventually and amy i'm just gonna say uh, the idea that amy had to say lots of stuff to convince this woman it doesn't i doesn't track to me because most women would believe another woman who got her to one side and said to her, listen, I know I don't know you and I know you don't know him, but I'm telling you, this is what I saw. Most women would 100% believe... You reckon? Yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't know most women. Most women would be like, okay, crap, I'm going. They wouldn't be like, I don't... No, I need three pieces of evidence and a written statement from your mother. I, I think I think that some some, some women, women would still who, be like, no, would, I don't... Some women who, who are you might to tell be me drunk that? I'll look or, after or say myself, something thanks. like... You just fancy him yourself or something like that. 
but um, the vast majority of women would just believe you. Mm, I don't know. But anyway, when this... Well, I've been to loads of nightclubs, and I, I always I still, say this to women in the bathroom. I still, at this point, didn't know where it was going. And then when Amy goes to, and talks to the guy, and he and he, she says, oh, I hear you've got a bit of a reputation of a sex pest. Anyway, you could do better than that drunken old slapper. And you were like, what, what did she just say? What's and I was happening? like, yeah, that doesn't... What, what's going on here? And then she introduces herself as Claire and starts to dance with him. And this is when we're like, oh... What What's she up to? This is where she's Tracy Barlowing. What do you think the reference is to Claire? What do you think the name Claire? Is that like a reference or something? No, I don't think so. Like, But why didn't she use like a cool sexy name like my name's Cassandra? She should have said Patience, didn't she? Or or Tracy. (laughs) Um, Get it? Yes, I get it. So... (laughs) Um, Adi and Asha, meanwhile, are back at home watching a dating show or something, and Asha kind of gets Adi to admit that he and Amy like each other. Back at the club, um, Amy Amy starts uh, her, her plan of attack, which is when the guy brings two drinks back from the bar, she does sneaky swapperoos, so he ends up drinking the spiked drink. This is Stephen Reed and Rufus all over again. It wasn't like it was, you know, the genius crime of the century outwitting this mastermind of criminality, was it? She just swapped the drinks over. He should be looking what he's doing. He should, yeah. It's, it's, it's teach him a lesson. I just it? looked up, so there, there, is a, there is a movie called Promising Young Woman, which is a very similar kind of theme to this, to this scenario here where a woman takes revenge. Um, and I just looked up because I wondered is Claire a reference to that film mm. it's up character's name is Cassie oh. so they couldn't have used that name couldn't, see no. they probably, probably thought oh use that name and then they're like that would just be confusing <laughs> um, so she's she's done the old switcheroo on the drinks and as the night goes on he's getting woozier and woozier and the, and the club music's banging and there's lots of like fading to different times of the night where he's getting worse and she's there going ha 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 um, <laughs> and she, she, she ends up saying look we, we bet, let's go back to your house okay so she she takes him to leave the club he kind of plonks himself down on the uh, on the step and she rings up Ardy I can't remember whether they made it clear I, I assume that it was a taxi that she was Falling. So, but and then it was a surprise when Ardy turned up I don't know whether I just missed something there this is my question what was her plan <laughs> It what? can't have always been, I'll just call Ardy up. It also can't have been, I'll just get him in a car and, and dot, 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 question mark. What did she think? Did she, do you think she just all went too far and she kind of thought it was a fun idea and then, and then she impulsively swapped the drinks around and didn't really ever think it would work and then... Yeah, what would she have done? What was her plan? Like, I get her plan later on. It feels like it was to leave him... Yeah, because then, then they, 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 Ardy turns up, they gets gets him, this guy into the car because Amy says we're just going to take him home. But they end up getting lost, don't they? Or was it, was this Amy's plan all along? Did she purposefully get Ardy to drive out into the sticks because she had plotted to leave yes. him freezing out so on I a cold get, November night? Um, Ardy, the fact Ardy got lost is just so endearing and silly, isn't it? <laughs> um, and they weren't really lost, were they? They were on the teenage wasteland. We yeah. all recognised it. But the thing is, right... If if Amy truly had dumped this guy where she was planning to and left him there, he he probably would have died. I know it's it's pretty cold out there. Yeah, we got yellow storm warnings down in Southampton at the moment. I don't know how it's doing in up in Manchester. It would have made more sense to just have left him in the club. Like if you want to go as far as to drug him, just leave him in the club. 
it would have backfired on her if she'd have taken him back home and then like I'm gonna, I'm gonna make him think that we slept together and then she lies there and then the next morning he wakes up and she's like yeah that's right and he goes score oh, like, no no that's not Damn what you're supposed to be getting out of this <laughs> no you're supposed to be humiliated yeah but um so she she takes him to the teenage wasteland Ardy is like what the hell are Hang you on. doing she puts tape on his mouth yeah. Like, what the hell are you doing? I don't know what was... He would have choked to death on his own vomit. I suppose that he? was... Yeah. I suppose that would have been... If what she, was the purpose of it that? It would come out of his nose. It would have no, stopped, to, stop him, to stop him crying for help. If she was... If, if, she, if he's unconscious, he's not crying for help. No, but he might have woken up. If he wakes up, he'll take the tape off his face. I don't know. She might have put tape around his bit, hands. She's bonkers, this woman. She 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 has lost it a little bit, and, I love and it, Ardy, Ardy says as much. Good for her. But I, at, at all this it. time, I was watching. I was thinking, not only am I enjoying this, but how dark is this going to go? <laughs> and I re- as 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 fun as it might have been, yeah, I think that it, it would have, have probably been going it too. It would have been going yeah. too far if she had actually killed this guy. No, I, it wouldn't ju- have been fun. we've, we've ju- literally just got rid of Stephen. I don't think the time is quite right yet for another killer, and that would have put a big um, time bomb on Amy, wouldn't it, as a character if she'd have been responsible for this man's death? And I know that he brought a lot of this on himself, and he shouldn't be a naughty man. Shouldn't be naughty, but. If Amy had left him there to die, I don't think there would have been a, a whole lot of defending her. Um, she would have probably had got, got into... I mean, what she even did, there's not, if, if you're thinking realistically, not a whole lot to defend her because I think if the police got hold of her, um, I don't think they would look too kindly what on what she's she done. What did she really do? She, she... You said she drugged him, but I'm saying No, no, that I didn't say she drugged you, him. You, when we were talking I said, earlier, when we were watching it... You said she drugged him, and I said he, he drugged himself. No, I said that she allowed him. She knowingly, <gasps> oh, oh. she knowingly allowed him to drug himself. Is it a crime? That, right. So can you answer? Like, please don't tell me it's a crime. Don't spoil. Don't burst my bubble here. I want it to not be a crime. That if somebody tries to, I, I think this should be written into the law immediately. We've got so many stupid laws in the book, and people get away with so many things. Can we not write it into law? If you try to poison someone and drink it yourself, it's fair cop. <laughs> yeah, the fair cop clause. The fair cop clause. <laughs> she did, you know, she swapped the drinks, which involved pushing the drink that she knew was drugged towards him. Is that not giving him the drugs? I'm just playing devil's advocate here, Gemma. I'm okay, just so being the angry chester of. It, honestly, if it really, really boiled down to... Proving intent, you probably would say that that proves intent because she pushed the drink to him. But if if there were two drinks and she just picked up the one that didn't have the liquid in it, you know, the drug in it, mm. without touching his drink, you pro- it would probably be one of those things where it's a technicality whereby you didn't do anything except pick up a drink. Tell you what, if you've got Swain that's interviewing you, she's, you're going to get off anyway, aren't you? Swain's like, oh, forget it. We Everyone gets one. I wonder whether Amy would be able to say, I didn't know the drinks were drugged. Of course she would. This is the thing. There's no way. I just I just saw that there was a little bit more drink in the other glass and I thought I would take it for myself. She doesn't need I to explain anything. I prefer that colour of straw that I don't had. think that there's any way to prove anything that she's done wrong here. She picked up a different drink. It, it depends as well whether the woman gets back involved prove? again. Because if that if the man knew the woman and maybe it gets into the news or something that what happened and I the woman says, "Well, I knew that Amy 
knew that he was a spiker. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm really, really curious to see where it goes. I'm, I'm sure she's going to get away with it. But there's, I'm, I would also say that it's not unlikely that she's going to be um, have the shot light spawn on, uh, shone on her. I can't see how letting somebody drink a, dr- a drink that they drugged themselves is such a big deal. There are two different things we're talking about, right? There's the world of law in the real world and this and there's the world of soap justice. In I'm soap talking justice, about soap justice. In here. soap justice, she was absolutely I was cheering her right along. She should but have taken that drink. If it was my friend in the real world, I might have said, You should have just gone home. I would have said, Why'd you go to the nightclub without me? Why are you trying to hunt men down and and punish them for their evil crimes without me. You know I love that stuff. I suppose if she'd have just gone home, though... <laughs> it would have been boring. He, well, no, but he, he could have just carried on spiking other people, couldn't he? Mm? Well, this is the thing. This is the so thing. He really did think it Think about once. all the other women in the nightclub that she saved by doing that. By disabling him for the evening. Mm? Well, exactly. He's been taken <laughs> out of action now. Roll him in the canal. I w- we were literally saying to each other... Is she going to before before the the idea of the leaving him out in the cold uh, to die of hypothermia came up? We were like, is she going to you know cut off his nudges? Yeah, cut off his nudges. <laughs> you know, is she going to mutilate him somehow? Yeah, and put him in his mouth. We had <laughs> we had Ardy. Can I just interject here and explain to everybody? I have been watching horror movies for the last month and a half. Yeah, and that's that's tame it's, compared it's to some of the stuff you've been watching. Tainted my my judgment. <laughs> Well, we, I, I love that Ardy was involved in this because... He's it, like, yeah, it, cut his nudges off. No, well, it, it brought me back to that brilliant, brilliant scene earlier this year where he wrote, um, was it Liar or Guilty or something yes. on Aaron's head? And so he, he in a way... He's an ally. And and, and he, he did get... He got Aaron drunk, didn't he? Yeah, so he should be involved. To teach him a lesson. He and Amy So he's be no like better a, than she is. Although she, maybe he's learned that that's... That's it's not the right way. He's so maybe he's reflected on it since then. They're like a sexy team of justice warriors, <laughs> social justice warriors, spiking men in clubs. I, I I would like she she could have carved something into his forehead with a scalpel, maybe just she to get up a tattoo the game gun. A bit. Yeah, she could. She could. What should she write on it? Something something NT. NT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, RD at this point, going back to the actual show, is saying, "You uh, nut job, what are you doing in the nicest possible way? I think you need to talk to somebody because you're clearly not dealing with what happened to you earlier this, you can well, tell. this year in a, in a sense, in, in a safe way." This is how you can tell that someone's your true friend. Why? If you t- pitch up in a car with a man tied up with tape on his mouth, and your friend doesn't say, "Well, how are we going to kill him?" You know they're not your friend. <laughs> so do you reckon? So you're not an idiot, and um, but uh, Amy and Ardy shipper. Can't go, no, can't that out. if Amy was like, here's this lad, I'd be like, right. So running him over, are we putting him in the canal. Are we we gonna... did talk just on the bonus podcast this week about <laughs> having a, a, a duo, a murderous yes. duo, didn't we? Maybe Ardy and Amy could be it. But no, he's saying, look, we need to go to the hospital. We need to tell the police what he's up pooper. to. No, very sensible, Ardy. I know, but. Boring. It's the right thing to do. I, I am very much in. This is the man who ran off with his with his 
boss's girlfriend, <laughs> and now he's suddenly deciding to do the right thing. It wasn't the right thing when you were shacking up. He's learned a lesson from that as well. He's, mm-hmm. he's, had, he's done lots of thinking this year. Um, back at number one, Amy, sorry, Tracy and Steve are up late with popcorn, and Tracy's worried about where Amy is. And so there was a few, there was a few good lines about her realizing what a tear away she must have been for Deirdre, and how on earth did she ever put up with me? And I think I'm turning into her. But eventually, Steve is able to persuade her to go to bed. I just love the fact that she, that Amy's turning into to Tracy because and Tracy's turning into Deirdre. Do you think? Hang on. Here's a good question. Do you think that what Charlie did to Tracy is worse than what this bloke did to Amy and presumably other women? What he did to Amy, or what he would do? Well, because tra- Charlie's main crime. Well, Charlie, Charlie didn't really do anything to Tracy. He, he, he called her a. No, he oh. he was he cheated on her with Maria, didn't he? But that's he? not a. And he was, you know, he not slept. Not capital offence. He was sleeping with other women. He he didn't want to have Amy there in the house. He so was. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, what? Which of these is just like which of these is more justified than the other? You don't necessarily have to answer, but that's. Do you not think that's an interesting question? <laughs> is there something genetic here where these two, this like family of women, just go off the handle at the slightest? Is, yeah, I, I I do like the um the the ounce of Tracy that because, we've seen yeah. in Amy because she was always a bit of a young Blanche, wasn't she, when she was little? And it was it didn't oh, really Amy was, yeah. Amy was, and it didn't feel like she was taken after her mum very much. But now she is. She's rubbed off on her a now little she's bit. She's trying clearly. to murder men. And, and it, it, but the difference is, I suppose, Amy has always been the very sensible teenager, hasn't she? She's she not not in the same way she as Asher and Summer. But yeah, she this this isn't the sort of thing that Amy would have done a few years ago. But I really I've always been a fan of Amy, and I I liking how this is giving her a little bit of little bit of spark and a little bit of bite. It's just like don't mess with me. Spin and off. that's what Curry's about: women that you don't mess yeah, with. Yeah, women you don't mess with because they'll cut off your todger and <laughs> make you eat it. I want a spin-off movie, kind of like The Craft, or I know what you did last summer, or one of these kind of like, te- like Mean Girls meets. Scream or something with Amy, Asher, and Summer all killing a man and then hiding it. I bet you do. It's not going to happen. <sighs> um, they get to the police. No, they get to the hospital, don't they? And um, there's a nurse there and a, and a very earnest-looking man pushing a wheelchair. Going, yeah. I'm in Coronation Street. Don't screw him. this up. Got to save the man. They they take him through and the, and the nurse is like, "Thank goodness you brought him here." Um, he he could have died if you didn't. So um, well, they congrats. give him the, and uh, Ardy goes. I found this in his pocket. Oh yeah, they do, don't they? And they give her the drug so she knows what he's taken, mm. and she's like, "I wonder why he had this." Mm. Come on, woman! Like most, like, I would. I was expecting her to be like, "Hmm, maybe we'll put him." Yeah, so it, and it, it was that it was the um the classic date rate drug that he had, wasn't it? So is he just thinking that he's got high on his own supply? I don't think it's very unusual for people to get mixed up if they're drunk. If you're in if you're in a, a bar and you're putting stuff in people's drinks and but you're drunk yourself, I don't see how you it's impossible for you to have picked up a drink and drunk it. I bet this happens. Amateurs. I, I was. I would say that Stephen. <laughs> I would. I, I would say that Stephen Reed would never do this, but he did drink Carla's cup of tea that one That's time, right. didn't he? <laughs> so um, we see more scenes of time passing in the hospital as Amy and uh, Ardy are waiting to find out what's happened to this guy. Well, they also get told they've got to stay there because the police are going to talk to them. Yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. 
Um, and then is that when Swain turns up? Then I think. Oh no, there's there's a there's a, a Amy's kind of says to Ardy that I've made a massive mistake here. That I I need to be. I shouldn't have got you involved. I should be the one that's taking the rap for it. She's feeling a little bit guilty and realizing that she's in over her head somewhat. And then in stride Swain is like, whatever you. I don't believe you. This is the second time in as in as many episodes that you've been caught up with some dodgy business with drugs. Um, well, no, well, sorry, it wasn't drugs last time. Just just dodgy crime business. Um, what the hell are you doing, lady? But Ardy, noble Ardy, kind of jumps in before Amy has a chance to say anything and says, no, it's true. He was, he was, um, I can't, what was the version that he said? I don't even remember. He drank, a, he drank a drink he shouldn't have drunk. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he was just a lightweight or something. I, I don't know. And then, I don't and then know. we, yeah, then no, we, no, no, then we tar- frisked him and we found the drugs in his pocket. They do, they do say that he was trying to drug. Do him. they? Yeah, Did because they? because a- Amy gets told by Swain, well, we can't charge him for anything because there's no evidence he did. He did. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's he didn't right, commit right. a crime. Mm. So, and also when this guy wakes up, you better hope that he corroborates what you just told me, which I can't remember what it was, what it is that you said because Michael didn't write it down. <laughs> but you better hope that he says the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, you better yeah. hope he was watching. So. So this is interesting Let's to me. Let's hope that the guy doesn't wake up and told, tells me that you're trying to drug him. That there's ever an innocent or good reason for anybody to have this drug, especially in a nightclub. It's a bit of a giveaway Why that you're up to nefarious business, isn't it? Really? It's illegal to have this drug on you. Mm. It's illegal to, to carry lots of other things that can be used in crimes. Like you can't carry knives around with you for a certain length. No. Because there's no, I mean, there are there are some good reasons, maybe, but there's not very many innocent ones. Yeah, and so he should be at least so be what, able to be charged with intent. No, hang on, yeah, but what's the law here? I don't is know. this another example of a whereby the law is in no way protecting women? I don't or, know. Or, I would, I would or have men, thought... because it was, you know, David was also. I would drugged, have thought that the, wasn't he? It, it was it. Yeah, wasn't yeah, he? he was. Yeah, yeah, it was the same stuff. Exactly so the same stuff. It's Josh protecting. It's not protecting people who are could be victims of this crime here. What? Why on earth? Why on earth are you allowed to carry it around? But I don't know whether you are. I would assume that possession of that is not gonna. Well, you're no, not going to be looked well, upon why, why didn't Swain say, oh, yeah, we can charge him with holding it, but we can't charge him yeah, maybe with... Maybe she... I can't... I, can't, I, I, don't, I don't remember, remember what she said. She I don't remember. Okay, Michael, but us. listen, I'm telling you I don't remember that she said that, which mm. is different from saying I don't remember what happened. Okay, okay. Um, so... Amy and Ardy get home and Amy's still the fallen over us how to apologise to him and he says, look, it's okay, I mean, mate, uh, I, I loved it. He was like, oh, all this, for the past summer, I've been caught up in this romance with Courtney. I've been I've been chasing some other guy's wife and I've not been there to support you. I'm really, really sorry about that. And um, it kind of has ended as there because Tracy comes downstairs and Ardy slopes off. Amy says, oh, I'm done with all this drug and stuff, I, I promise. Um, and it's and it's left there. But I, I loved how this was tied in with the Courtney story and how RD realised it. What, was, was that the point of the Courtney story, after all, do you think, to give RD a distraction, which will eventually lead to him getting together with Amy? Is, does the fact that he was distracted by her for so long mean that their friendship can only be stronger or their romance can only be stronger? I don't know. What do you think? Well, you need to exp- Well, there's got to be a reason there. Do that storyline. Oh, yeah, there's got to be. A Have you just been doing a bit? Well, of I just Googling? looked it up in it. it GHB and GBL, mm. which is, it's not. Uh, I've got time enough to look in what the difference is. 
um, are class B drugs, but you can, GBL is available for legitimate use in the industry, but if you possess or supply them knowing they, or believing they will be swallowed or ingested, that you're committing an offence. Right. I don't see how you can say it's not something that you would look into charging somebody with to have it in a nightclub. Mm. No? No, I agree. It I just agree. feels like one of these things where there are, you know, there are certain geographical restrictions to, to having some things. You know, like you can't take a firework in to say hello to the king, can you? <laughs> just right? in case. Surely. So possessing it in a nightclub should be just point blank illegal without having to prove intent. Yeah, yeah. Surely? I don't know. Am I? Apparently I'm a fascist. No. No, no I'm just saying I've been called that on. I know you are. You're not. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Maybe I am a little bit. I don't mind. So. Someone's got me. <laughs> so, Gemma. <laughs> what? You enjoyed this story this week. I love this. I, I don't take this as seriously as some people seemed to, or as personally. I'm I, For some reason, I don't feel threatened by a woman um, making men take their own medicine, quite literally. <laughs> but if you are, then I feel you've got other problems this, to worry about. In a way, In a way, it is an issue story. But it's because silly, it's all it's tied in. Over, I think some people are upset because it does feel like a really serious issue story has kind of got turned into this bizarre revenge fantasy that's a bit hyperbolic and overblown. But I love it. Mm. I, what it, do you think? Yeah, yeah, same. It's just unexpectedly brilliant. I've, I've, this is my favourite Amy... This is one of my favourite Amy moments ever. Yes. I think. It, yes. She's. I, I said earlier, I think it was on the short, that this is like her first proper grown-up story. And you said you weren't sure. But I, I've kind of felt that everything up to this point, Amy's been a young girl still. She's been a teenager. And it felt like tonight she was being a, a, an takes. adult. It felt like she was being a grown woman. She was taking yeah. control. She wasn't we... just the little girl yeah. who was, you know, raised up on the street, born to... Tracy and, and we've seen her grow up this was her going out clubbing and doing, doing grown up things like making a man drink his a own spice passage drink for all women we all have a, a point in when we transition I mean people say you know it's when you get your first period or maybe if you have a baby no <laughs> it's when you nearly kill your first man yeah I yeah then so you're a real I, woman I think that from this point onwards um it, she she's yeah just made the transition very very nicely and I I I I hope and I think that the the future for Amy is very very bright and I hope they don't screw it up and I really hope that her and Adi get together so because much. her and Adi are so <sighs> bloody cute together. But where's this going though? What is she going to do now? Is this it? Like as she said, she says at the end, "I'm done with I'm this. I'm not now. doing this again. Got it out That's my boring. system." But she can't don't have let, done. Don't let Adi crush your spirit with his boring practical nature and all crimes and all that stuff. She's clearly not over what <laughs> happened with her and Aaron earlier this year, nor should she be, but having a near miss with the law like this isn't necessarily going to cure you or or make you, you know, feel okay about it, is it? No, I know, but I love it. <laughs> um, I, what, what do you think is going to happen with, with the police? Is she going to... I, I don't need her this to go to jail. I don't need her to be in court. I this don't is... need any of that. I just want this to turn into lovely Amy and Ardy's story now. Isn't this just, again, like what happened with Mason, where she's provoked into action that then she gets in trouble for, but the guy's like, ah. mm. you know? Because Mason was like being 
filed her and she she didn't even hit him she just swatted him hmm. and then she's the one that gets told off by the police do you think we'll get a... this one here this man tried to drug and rape her and I, I just think he's going to keep his mouth shut I don't think anything I think Swain's going to be like look he, we can get a word out of him so hmm do you think that we could end up having a scene with Amy and Tracy? I, I feel like Tracy will find out about Tracy's it. Tracy's going to be like, don't I'd, do it. I'd love for her to you can't. draw from her own experience and, and say, you know, it's all very fun and games and I like to bring it up every now and then that I'm a murderer, but it's not worth it for those she'll few say, months that I spent in prison. She'll say, you can't expect the police to mess up a second time. <laughs> I was lucky when they bungled the evidence. <laughs> um, right. Great stuff, great stuff. Um, I put the Isla story next just because it seems to be somewhat tangentially related because it's a more teen girl action. So uh, even though it's not the most thrilling of stories, um, Gemma, tell us about what Asha and Nina have been getting up to <sighs> no, with her look, new friend Isla this I week. I don't want to see a love triangle with Asha, Nina and Isla. I want to see a murder club. There's no, there's no clue whatsoever at the moment that Isla is on the same bus as Nina and Asha. Although I still <laughs> completely agree with you that it feels like it should be going that way. Asha's, Asha's clearly obsessed with Isla. She's she's kind of fangirling after her, isn't yeah, she? She's but, like that. You know, her... We've got, we've got loads of fans. They're not trying to get in bed with us, I hope. I don't think at the moment Ash is trying to get in bed with Isla. She's just she just look is looking <laughs> up to her as um somebody at on her course that's so inspirational, but it's turning into a bit of a crush, isn't mm. it? That that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and and one thing I did enjoy about this story this week is how I think both of them, in their own individual ways, Asher and Nina, were realising that their relationship is kind of on the rocks and, all oh, that's kind of a bit sad. Yep. So, anyway, let's have a quick rundown. That's of what, what happens in Coronation Street when you literally don't have any relationship-based scenes. Yeah. Because although Asher and Nina have spent more time together, which is obviously trying to... Well, they have a little bit recently, yeah, haven't they? Yeah, it's trying to set up what's going to happen. But I it's guess. too too little, too late. But again, again, yeah. But a lot of the times, and I've heard other people say this too, so it's not just us. Mm. Re- until recently, I've forgotten that they were going out. I a hadn't. Few times. I hadn't forgotten they were going out, but Corrie has, has made no. You effort, would not know. No. Effort if you just started in the last watching year it, and a half you wouldn't know that they were a, couple. That they were a, a gay couple, would you? You wouldn't know. I don't see very much romantic chemistry between them at mm. all. They kind of snuggle up on the sofa and quite yeah, honestly, they do just female, look like mates. Yeah, look, I don't have this... I've, n- I've never been like this with my friends and I don't know whether it's just a TV thing, but on TV, girls of younger age do cuddle up together mm. when they're not going out. I think that, you know, if we compare to Billy and Paul, say... And they had those lovely scenes um, mm. this week and last week. They there really does feel like there's a nice little spark between them. There hasn't always. Um, what? Who are you talking about? Billy and Paul. Right. But but with Asher and Nina, I've just never really felt it. And we, and we also know that Coronation Street can seemingly very easily make a couple immediately look like they're destined for each other. Like we've seen, like we saw with Nina and Seb. Yeah. So it's the same within the character. within the course of two weeks. Mm. The whole internet was uh, rooting like for rooting for Nina and Seb, and and we all know what happened there. And and I'm he saying died. with uh, with Amy and Ardy, looking at them, it's like oh, they're so brilliantly sweet together. But they, they, it's just it just hasn't quite clicked. And I wonder whether they're ending this because 
the pe- the you know the showrunners are also thinking, yeah, that's not working, is it? Or I don't know. So it's come on. What, what's, okay, I'll what's, tell you what happened what's then. Gossiping on Monday, Asha tells Nina that they were on a call. With, she and Isla last night, and she doesn't want to go into it, but she talk about it later. Um, and Nina's miffed off because she's Asha's supposed to be spending the day with her. Um, we also have bits of Ardy in this story because he's still trying to hide the fact that he's not going out. To yeah, there was there was a scene outside the shop, wasn't there, where Dev comes out from Dev and Asha because yeah. he doesn't want them to find out. So. Um, Asha and Nina end up going to Chariot Square planning what to do and they're deciding to eat what they're having pancakes oh yeah um, and Nina sees Courtney and Darren who is obviously Courtney is Ardy's ex and Darren is her husband and they're back together now and Nina can't let Asha see this because she was told by Ardy last week to keep it a secret that they've split up. I thought there were some really funny scenes there where Asha, oh sorry, where Nina was desperately trying to stop Asha, Asha from seeing yes. them. That was yeah. fun. Didn't work. No, I, and I was also presently surprised that we got to see Courtney again because it felt like the last she time she came everything. to say goodbye to uh, to Ardy, that would be the last time she Makes would be gracing our screens. Wonder if she's going to turn up again. Maybe. So, Asha's like, uh, you're making me feel rushed here because Nina's wolfing down her pancakes so they can leave so that she won't see Courtney. But Asha just turns around and they're there. And so she storms over to try to give them a piece of their mind. And they're kind of confused because they don't know why she doesn't know. Mm. And Nina has to explain to Asha because Asha thinks Courtney's cheating on... Ardy with Darren and Darren's like no no mate we're married she's she's left him we're together now and then Asha gets mad that Nina kept it quiet so when they get back home they're still Asha's still mad Ardy comes in to see what's going on and Asha's like I can't even deal with you and she storms off and she goes to to see Isla Nina heads out to find her and Dev asks Ardy what's been going on and he's very sympathetic, and he doesn't say "I told you so." Like Ardy yeah. was worried oh, about. That was so gives him sweet. A hug. So so brilliant because probably Dev's... calls him honey. Dev, he, he did, he did. Yeah. Dev has been very vocal about his hatred of the idea of Courtney and Ardy together. And I've seen a couple of weeks ago where he marched over to the flat and says, "You live in a dumb." <laughs> so he he was really set up to say, "I told you so, Ardy. What have I said all along?" But he's not because Good he's parenting. lovely. It was yeah, just 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 giving him a hug was was mm, brilliant, brilliant mm-hmm. stuff. Like that, I say. So. um... Nina and Asha eventually uh, meet up together and apologise to each other. And Asha's telling Nina not to be jealous of Isla. Um, but she's saying, look, before you got into all this stuff, we were really close with each other. But now I feel like we're that we're distant. And so Asha says, well, why don't we all just three meet up together and you'll get to know her and see how great she is. Watch out. Watch out, Asha. Maybe Nina will go out with Isla. Yeah. On Wednesday, um, Nina says to Asha to invite Ardy to the thing that they're having later and maybe they could set him up with Isla. And he says, no, I don't want to... Please don't... Play he, he's, yeah, not he's not really to... He's not really ready to, wanna, to move on to someone else. But he goes, he goes along to this uh, lunch date at the bistro anyway. 
Sorry, the cat's trying to eat a giant <laughs> we Halloween still, decoration. We still haven't put our Halloween decorations she's away. Eating. They're all sitting here in front of them. We've got a giant spider web and Abby's just attacking it. Now she's and... putting her head through the web. Abby, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Distract. I'll tell you what, Nina would love she's that giant spider the... web. She's biting it. Right, come on. Let's move on. Um, What's happening? <laughs> right, so where are we? So, so Nina it... and Asha just feel like Gisbury's. Abby, you're ruining the podcast. Stop this. She got a red coat. <laughs> <laughs> He's just eating it. Um, she... Basically, Asha and Isla are just chatting away with each other, aren't they? Ten to the dozen. And Nina and Asha are just like... <laughs> Okay, right. So Sorry. Yeah, yeah she, they feel like gooseberries because yes. Ilo and Asha are just kind of just chatting like old friends. And he, Ardy's like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for, for any of this. So he leaves them to it. And Nina just kind of separates herself and she's grumpy and drinking and Isla's talking about she, she, her relationships. The, the withering looks that she gives both of them that neither of them noticed. She's that Nina's finally like, harnessing that inner goth. She is. She really is. So she's been far too cheerful for too long to be a, a, a trigger. <laughs> so it's not just a fashion, Michael. <laughs> so um, Isla's talking about her past relationships. She definitely mentions that she was dating a, a, man, a man and that she just felt she was going through the motions. And I was just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. I, 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 Maybe I, I can relate. I know what that means. Yeah. Later on at home, Asha is still going on about Isla and hospitals and Nina really is not interested then Asha goes to put her PJs on and Nina's left going, oh no, I hope it's not a onesie. No, um, she's worrying about the state of their of their relationship. Yeah. They're growing apart, Michael. Mm. Um, I, I enjoyed this stuff. I don't think it was in, in any way, show or form, a main story of the week. Um, I'd say, where's this going? But it feels like it's either just going to be a case of, well, this is what splits up Asher and Nina, or maybe it's like, no, this is what makes them stronger. And um, what if you were Nina, what would you do in this situation? Would you would you fight for her? Um, I would just continue to alienate her by rolling her eyes at all of her stories <laughs> and tell her that she's not better than me just because she's a paramedic and I give out wooden spoons with funny slogans on them. Yeah. I agree. Um, no, I don't think there's anything to say about this particularly. Uh, uh, did you, when when um, it came out that Nina had been keeping it quiet about Ardy and Courtney being in a relationship together, would you say that uh, Asha was rightly miffed about this? Was she, didn't, should Nina have told her? <laughs> um, I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the cat. the cat has now just leapt across the room and pounced on the spider web. This is, this is entertaining stuff. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, no, she's all right. Sorry, she just head right through it. I okay. I hate it when on. I really do hate it on podcasts when the when I think it's fun and charming. when the hosts talk about things that they can see and nobody else can. But honestly, this well, is this is gold. Real, it's it's more interesting than I'm not. No, this this storyline was fun. It's but. okay, but it just feels a bit. It was like being it was asked char- again to care about a relationship that, that yeah, we've not invested But it was in. characters that I do care about. Do I love about Nina. Them. I love Asha. Um, Ardy was involved here as well. So that's what kept this story going for me. The fact that I really do like but all also, of these characters. But I think one of the problems here is that we don't know who Isla is and we don't care about her and we're not in love with her either. Yeah. Like sometimes, lots of times on, on Corrie and, and Soaps, they'll make the characters 
have an affair or fancy someone who's a regular character. And even if you don't, even if it doesn't work, at least in theory, there's a chance to demonstrate the the, the chemistry. Mm. And you can say, oh gosh, actually, you know, Asher and Isla are much better together. Mm. We only got to see a very small amount of Isla and Asher together. And they did seem to make a better couple because Nina was just sulking. <laughs> I, I would have thought that Asher... She's always struck me as a bit more intelligent and perceptive and she probably would have noticed that Nina was feeling left out. Yeah. She's not dumb. She's I mean, she's the are, smart twin. They are both... Nina and Asher are, are quite empathetic and emotionally intelligent. Yeah, and the fact that when when they were back home and Nina was... She was literally yawning as Asher was telling her even more stories and Asher just got narky about it. I would have thought that really she would have said, look, you know, sorry, sorry, babe, or whatever she would say. I, I have been talking about her too much. You're the one that I love. Yeah, but equally, I could see Asher going, look, you're not happy for me. For the first time in my life, I found something I think I'm good at and I enjoy and is valuable... Mm. And, and Asha has felt down about herself for a while, hasn't she? You know, through all the skin lightening stuff, yeah. she had such a such low self esteem, and now she's finally, you're right, found something that's that's good for her. And it's also, you know, this never really comes up that much in Corrie, but she's lived in such a small world. She's got she, you know, she's she lives on the street, she works on the street, her dad's there, her brother's there. You know, she goes to school around the corner. Everyone she's ever known lives in. Yeah, so know, now she's finally getting to see a bit more going, of the real she's world. She's the world. And she's, she's, she's one of the rare people but, that's got a job off the street. Yeah, but it's really kind of exciting and, and sweet and endearing to see a young woman venturing out into the world and really connecting mm. and like loving and feeling like she's doing something yeah. um, important. But unfortunately, Nina can't see that as a good thing because she's just jealous. And I wonder how much of it is jealousy about Asha having an opportunity that she hasn't had. Because she's had a really horrible life, yeah. Nina. Yeah. I know that I know that um that they're both in the Dead Mums Club, but that happened much younger with Asha and she's been more cocooned within the Allahan family unit and she's you know she's kind of cushioned by wealth mm. and and she's got a good support system and, and Nina's you know had a really hard time boyfriend died her, her dad died her mum died she was bullied and driven out of her home she was you know attacked because of what she looks like and she hasn't had a chance to blossom mm. or do anything different do you think that Nina, do you think that Nina's a little bit jealous that Asha's got a friend, which is something Isn't that, that sort Nina's... Isn't what I'm saying? Yeah, Nina's never really had anyone like that. I mean, the closest has been Roy, maybe. Well, she's but got her bat-watching group. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't know whether Nina is the sort of person that would say, I don't really need a friend. Yeah. She's, ha- she's, a, I'll get, she's happy to be... Uh, yeah, she's very, very introverted. And maybe she likes the idea that it's... Just she's just in this little cocoon yeah. with her and Asher, yeah, and now actually true. Asher is branching out to, to yeah, know. and she's threatened, uh, yeah, and it, and that's even before you take into account wondering if if Asher fancies her, mm. fancies mm. Isla, because that's kind of beside the point, really. Yeah, if you take into account all the other very sensible reasons 
you know, maybe not so, you know what I mean? Yeah. Realistic yeah. reasons why she would yeah. be miffed. I, I love these characters. We Ian McLeod has invested so much in these late teens, early 20s characters and it's so paying off. We've got Ardy, we've got Asha, we've got Nina, we've got Amy. There's there's Summer who's obviously a bit of a weak link in our opinion. We're going to call her a weakling. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it really does bode well for the future that the, so. the next bunch of that these 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 characters are going to have all the storylines i would hope thrown at them over the next few years and, oh, and i am i am very much happy with this um okay so the the paul storyline then we've said before one of our favorites of the year if not the favorite of the year and it continued to be lovely um didn't quite reach the highs of the hilarious bathroom scene this week but it was still some great stuff so bernie is looking miserable over breakfast she knows that she's been to the police station and uh she's gonna get maybe a little bit in trouble over the whole lap top debacle so dev announces to nina and asher that bernie is in court later today for handling stolen goods he's not happy with this at all why can't swain just let everyone off yeah say look it's for the drama you did it for the drama right that's okay then (laughs) the girls say look honestly bernie it's better if you're open about this uh, about what's going on you should probably tell everybody but she's clearly very very stressed out about the whole thing because she knows that if she gets sent down to prison she's not going to potentially see paul again out no or or even if she does she's missed uh, she's going to have missed a huge chunk of his remaining months so, um, Summer gets a text on the family chat later wanting a, a family get-together and she has to go out though. So, Billy and Paul say that they'll let her know if something important happens. Um, meanwhile, Billy's incredibly stiff after the bath time incident I've written here, which is, I guess didn't have any storyline consequences, but it was quite funny. The family gather and Bernie tells them about what's been going on and she says she's planning to plead not guilty. This was the whole crux of the Monday episode in this story, wasn't it? How is Bernie going to plead? She says, if I plead not guilty, it's going to be my word against Big Garth's. They can't send me down for that. I'm totally safe. I just think it's going to be thrown out. And do you think that she was in denial there? Or did she honestly think that it would be as simple as that? I think she probably did. I think, what do you mean? Yeah. That she that she thought it would be as I simple as that. Some some people just don't have anxiety. <laughs> well, she, she it's not like she doesn't have... She thinks that bad things can happen to her. Because obviously everything that Paul... With yeah, Paul, no, but I don't think she sits rubbish. around and worries about stuff. I think she just thinks everything will work out. Yeah, she's been a ducker and a diver before, hasn't and she? And she's people, generally got away with it yeah, before. She's been able to uh, evade the law. About getting in trouble with the police. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, she arrives at the court and, and be- meets up with Bland Joel. And he says, sorry, Bernie, you're going to have to plead guilty. Look, look, look at the evidence that's against you. It's pretty damning. There's a picture the of The judge you... isn't going to look favourably if, you are, are ta- if you're not seen to be taking this seriously. There's a picture of you giving money to a man. We asked the man what the money was for and he said stolen laptops. Yeah. Cut and dry. And we've got a woman who gave you the stolen laptops. And obviously Bernie at this point says, I can't plead guilty because then I'll be sent down and I can't be, not with what's going on with Paul. And then Joel says, well, if you can't do the time... Don't... Ah, don't do the crime. Um, So, charges are read to Bernie in court and she starts to say, well, you know what, judge, me old mucker. It's a victimless crime, isn't it? Just got a few laptops. It's got a bit of money for it. So what? And the judge like, 
no. <laughs> not having any of this. Oh, she was not having it. She was not. She was no laid back swain, was she, this judge? She So Bernie has to, well, she pleads guilty, no, doesn't yeah, well, she? Yeah, she's, she's good. She, re- she realises really that she's not got going to be able to have this judge around. She can't gab her way out of it. No. So um, the family are all there thinking that she was going to plead not guilty and they're so much taken <gasps> aback See, this by this thing, plea. Right. So we all watch these, and it's a joke now, on the talent shows, all the different talent shows where they come out and instead of giving everybody their performance, they first have to tell you their sad story as to why they're there. Yeah. Like I'm doing yeah, it for my, story. my mum because dying of cancer or my uncle's was eaten by a fish or I'm surprised whatever. that Bernie didn't get Paul to take along a little tape player with some sad music all yeah. queued up. This would be the perfect time to use your Britain's Got Talent sob story why you should let me through to the next round mm. to tell them what her backstory is and why she can't go to prison. Yeah. But judge, 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 judge says, sorry. Judge goes, Urgh. yeah. The, 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 she's, the, she agrees that they can have an adjournment for a bit So because Joel wants to discuss the ramifications of the sentencing. So during this, Bernie says, look, Paul, I, I couldn't have just said it's a fair cop. Um, I, I, it's... Oh, no. No, she's saying oh, I, no, I so did she that. She, 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 she tried said, to sorry, make she, it seem like I know what I did was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's then right, I'll that's maybe right. and get if, less and if time. I, yeah, sorry, that's it, that's it. If, if I confessed up to it, I would get less time than if I was sent down. You know, never, you never know. I might just get a community order. Maybe the Judge community returns. order will be fitting wider doors in people's maybe. homes. And then Ed can show her how to do it. <laughs> the judge gets back and says, well, I've noticed your concern, Joel Blanjoel. Um, though working with Shelley could be seen as exploiting a dying woman for her own gain. I thought that was... I didn't even think of that. I was like, ooh, damn, that's true. (laughs) Yep. Um, An offence of this nature impacts on a huge number of people, actually. And given your past criminal record, Bernie, you can't really see you as any kind of pillar of the community. I have got no option other than a custodial sentence. What? And I always forget when this happens on Curry that they often don't get the sentencing straight away. And we still we still don't still know, don't do know. we? And, you know, a whole week's gone by now. So the court's adjourned again for a pre-sentence Why are they report. just having all these breaks? What are they doing? Eating biscuits? I think they're catching up on the Big Brother live stream because it's all kicking off in the final the week, like, apparently. You should be watching these live streams. I'll tell you what, the drama's in there and they always edit out the good stuff for TV. <laughs> um... Paul Paul does the classic calling out of, you can't do this to me, mum. I'm dying of MND. The judge says, sorry about that, but... Take it up with the NHS. Not my problem. Not, not my problem, Mr. Foreman. Sit down, please. So, um, back at home, Bernie tells the family that Joel thinks that she might get a suspended sentence, and they don't believe her, and she says, look, you know... To be honest, there's a good chance that I could get six months in prison. Oh, how long did I'm... you say you had, Paul? How long was Paul in prison? I don't know. No, I mean, how long you got oh. left to live? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. He's got six months so that's, that. That's, that was a, a sad that's scene. That's sad, because that's coincidentally Poor how long Bernie. they think I've got. Poor Bernie girl. Oh, I'm so sorry, This is son. awful. This, is, this made me feel sick. It was really, really gutting. It really made me gutting. feel sick, because I was thinking, there's literally... Like, someone could just scoop you up and... I know, mm. she, I know she did a crime, but just the idea that you can get scooped up and taken away... From it's, your dying, it really son. is utter misery. But it's yeah. it's the 
weirdly that because I'm loving the story and everything about it it's very very compelling it's not misery that I just want to turn over I'm like I I really really feel in the the hopelessness even though it's so kind of contrived and like of course something's going to make it even worse I I just don't I don't know how she's going to get out of this it feels completely and utterly hopeless doesn't it or if they say that she has got a suspended sentence the problem will be although it will be happy um, it will feel like a bit of a cop out. Yes, yeah, I kind of in. now now Do she's got this hanging over her. I kind of need to see her go to prison. Yeah, because I want to see the scene of her crying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, if she goes in for six months, because is that the maximum? What for her? Yeah, or just. Well, th- this is thing. what this is what she thinks that Joel reckons that she might get. But does that not mean three months? I possibly possibly like because you get away I don't understand how this works but even so you know when there's only how long's Paul got <sighs> six well, to twelve not... months six months three months that's a lifetime that's that's yeah, a huge huge amount but he's also nec- where you're not, not going to be with your dying son going to even be able to speak yeah exactly the, the, so many terrible things will happen it's not like he can't visit her but really she's going to go in and come out to a very very different son. And the idea of that is just killing her inside. Do you think they'll have a horrible scene if she does go in of Paul being humiliated, going through the procedure, you know, like the... Um, the barriers. The, yeah, they'll like... Because I know sometimes they t- they, they t- they'll take your wheelchair apart and things. Like I've heard... I don't know whether it was at a prison or, a, an, or an airport or something, but I've heard of people taking electric wheelchairs apart to look for contraband and then not putting them back or breaking them mm. so maybe we we would get that like how do you get treated as a as a disabled person who is visiting a relative in prison i bet it's not that nice well i'm sure they could big up the misery of it for paul in this story mm. but still give it a bit of humor as well because despite <laughs> despite never the, mind despite the misery we have seen lots and lots of funniness in the story so far. It wasn't and, and so the, funny this week. It wasn't, but the, at least at least they don't wallow in it. And I think there's certainly some characters that could learn a lesson here because Bernie says, look, well, let's just live our life. As, whatever we got left together, let's live it to the fullest and all go out to the bistro for a treat. So they all go and they have a nice time and Bernie's chatting to Billy and saying, I'm really sorry for everything. And he's he's kind of choking up and saying, look, we we're going to get through this. It'll, it'll be okay. Um... Paul says... Maybe Bernie should bust out of prison and she and Paul can live in the woods and Todd can teach them how to do it. Maybe. You're obsessed with Todd in the woods. You'd like to bring that up on a Todd living quite in the a woods. regular basis. Todd living in the woods is my Roman Empire. I think of it all the time. <laughs> I think it's the, it's the flashback that needs to happen. Yeah. Paul's, <laughs> Whose face Paul's would they woody flashbacks. Paul's woody flashbacks. Oh, Todd's, Todd's. woody flashbacks, sorry. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, went in looking like one thing, came out looking like another. Um, so camping's rough. <laughs> um, we get a mention of the PA gym in the next scene because Billy's talking with Todd and Paul. Sorry, and Paul saying, I, th- "I think you know we might need to get somebody who's helping, who can help us with the practical side of things." You know, Shelley had a PA gym. Maybe we should speak to him. And I was at this scene. I was like. I think I might have turned over to you and said, that Jim, he's, he, he helped, he killed Shelley. It no. was assisted suicide. No. I'm convinced. I don't think that they'd have brought this guy back, which it, they're clearly 
kind of signposting that that's the way they're going. I'm, I, I, I'm sure of it. I think that Jim killed Shelley. No, and I why? don't agree. Why? why? Why do we have to go down that route? We only just had it. Yeah, but it was... What do you mean we only just had Hayley. it? No, but that was 10 years ago. It was, and it the was fact long that, enough. Uh, when it when it when the idea was first mooted back in July, was it? I did say that I don't think we need this now, and it does feel too soon to Haley. But now too I'm too many stories. But now I'm um I've got you know I've got my heart set on this, my little theory that that Jim killed Shelley, and okay. this is what they're going to do with Paul. I um, don't like the idea. I just want to be. I don't like the idea. I think I just want to be proven right because I don't often get my theories right. But anyway, I guess we will find out more about that as the week goes on. Um, back at home, Bernie, poor Bernie, she kind of loses the front that she's been putting on in the evening and, and kind of starts getting all frantic. She's so good. To Jane, Jane, to, 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 to Deb, yeah, Jane Hazelgrove, absolutely amazing. Um, she, she's, Dev's trying to calm her down, but she won't let him. And she's like, I should be with my boy right now until the oh. very end. And now I might not be. I'll never forgive myself. And then the episode of the hug and such a such a brilliant dramatic scene those two it took me a long time to warm to the pair of them together but scenes like oh, this they're great it's it just give them the right story mm. pretty much anyone can shine really um i've but just said that for a while love it love it um ed uh, on wednesday comes around to I, I i didn't hear him say it but i trust you when they said he's putting handrails in the bathroom and um, there's a, there's a little bit of awkwardness around the whole bathroom incident <laughs> last week. Like he puts a but he puts one in the in the entrance way as well. Oh, does he? Okay. And there was a, some criticism on Twitter saying that if he can work, there was some something wrong in the way that Paul was moving around. Yeah, they're saying that he's lost the. I've seen a few people tweet that he's lost supposedly lost the use of his right arm pretty much, but he's still wheeling his wheelchair with his right arm. But yeah, and but also the the handrail was in the wrong place. Oh really? Like oh really? Okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't you know. know, I mean, I it's one of those it, things so that if you're that. really um, close to something, you see. You know, we've done it before. Oh yeah. You yeah, say yeah. that's wrong and that's wrong. Yeah. Um, so the, the the thrust of this episode really for this story is this I will always be me book that Paul and Todd are, I keep saying Paul, Todd Paul and Billy are presented with at the speech therapist and the idea is that you can re- read this book and record yourself and it will make a recorded version of your voice a little bit like the AI voice that, yeah. we, that we've got on our uh, on our new iOS update um, and it's it's a, it's a lovely idea and it's a real thing isn't it it's a real it's a real yeah I think I don't know whether the exact book is the same book, but the idea of reading a book is. and it, it is an actual thing because I've seen that Dan Brocklebank and Peter Ash have been promoting it on Twitter this week. I think I read somewhere that for each of these it costs about eighty five pounds to to sort of set the book up and bank the voice and mm. and stuff. And and um, the, the the speech therapist talks about um, recording some key phrases yeah. again. It, it really, it kind of felt a bit of a rehash of when the the idea was put to them last week. So I, I don't think they necessarily needed it. But um, when they get home, Billy's there saying, oh, should we try doing some recording of your voice? But, but Paul would rather just have a snogging sesh on the sofa, which clearly gets... A little bit more than that, because the next time we see them, they're very scantily clad <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a blanket draped oh over goodness. their nether regions. Oh. Who knows what they've been going up to there. And um, Paul's, Paul's like, well, that bath certainly did marvels for our relationship. Certainly, <laughs> certainly seems to improve our sex life. 
Oh my like, goodness. We were too prudish for I this. I can't. And then, then he records himself <laughs> saying, I love you, Billy. Yeah. And Billy's got tears in his eyes. That was that was really, really sweet. That was that was lovely stuff. You can you can actually read this book online if you want to. There's a digital version that you can see what the book well, Does what? it make a digital I recording can't see of your how... voice? No, you have to record that separately. Uh. There's not very much text in it, really. It doesn't seem like. Okay. Um. So, what did you? Any any particular thoughts about this? Other than it wasn't that sad. It was really sad, and it was one of these things where you you're learning something. You're kind of being invited into somebody's world and experience. Because I would never have known about this book. No, it's it's fascinating. Um, I'm really happy. You know, we always it's easy to be horrible about humans and say how awful we are. And there's a lot of things going on that obviously would make you think that. But the fact that humans sit down and think of these things and put them together and help people to keep their voices after something like this happens, I just think it's really mm. lovely. I, I just... I've, are we going to get so far into the story? That, that he doesn't have a digital voice? Yeah. I don't know. I just... I don't know. Oh. I... Well, 80% of people apparently who um, have MND, have difficulty with their voice. If he's if he's got six to 12 months to live, and, and, and that's kind of put a time frame on it, he's clearly not going to waste away as much as he might do. So I think that they probably could get away with Peter Ash not really changing physically. So maybe he will make it to the to the very, very end. What do you mean? I think people's physicality can change very drastically. Do you, do you reckon? Mm. In the amount of time, I yeah. suppose six to 12 months is quite a while, isn't yeah. it? But I think if he didn't, I'm saying, if he didn't, it wouldn't feel so unrealistic. If he I... stayed looking the way he does now. Yeah. But but I still, you know, in the back of my head think that we're going to have this assisted dying story rear its ugly head again. But maybe, you know, with with Paul's newfound faith, he's going to not feel it's That's right what I was to go down You keep that saying, route. oh, the assisted dying story will raise its ugly head again. It, you're the one that keeps raising it. Nobody else has. Jim got the a show, shout out. That's all that Jim didn't do anything wrong. This is your theory. <laughs> Nobody has suggested that happened. Um... Do you think that Bernie made the right call with her guilty plea? It's hard to say because maybe she might not have been found guilty. It would have prolonged things because she would have had a trial. And then if if the trial had taken too long, it's possible that she... I mean, at the moment, it is quite possible that she could go into prison and come out before Paul dies. So... But if she delayed things with the trial and then the, and then they decided to put her in prison anyway and then they gave her a longer sentence. Mm. I, I have got no concerns whatsoever about her still being in prison when Paul dies. That's not going to happen, is it? I they, think they want They wouldn't make it that sad. Unless, you know, maybe it's going to be like an Audrey turning up just too late oh, at Alma's no. deathbed kind of scene. Too soon! Oh, God, maybe they could do that. But, no, honestly, I, d- I don't think that there's any risk in her Complete. being banged up when he shuffles off this mortal coil. Complete with the sound of somebody's but stomach. I, lo- I love the idea that there's still... Um, there's still the, the idea that it could happen. It's I, I, I love it, I love it. Um, over to you, Gemma, the Salon storyline. Salon up! We are only going to be going down to a one-hairdressing street again. Oh, need I remind you that... The other place wasn't even on the street. Well, you know what I mean. Wasn't even on the next street. 
or the street after that it was around the corner. That's two streets away. No, Rosamond Street. Yeah. And then Victoria Street. Then Victoria Street. Street. wasn't on Victoria Street. It's down the side. It's a little bit down the side, isn't it? Well, I'm saying that... that What's been going on with this, Might Gemma? as well be in another planet. Max and David hear noises in the salon. On Monday. Why, why, why are we suddenly there? Why are That's they it. there? They've just They're gone there. in. They've just gone in. And, and Audrey's there. And they don't want her to be there. And she says she wants to carry on working. This this Monday episode was all about Audrey proving or trying to prove that she's still got it. She's in complete denial that her so last week was when she was cutting. Health. Yeah, and she her hands are shaking. No, no, that was this week. That's what I'm trying to work out. That's yeah. what I'm trying to read ahead. That's all right. I can, I can keep on blathering away while you remind anyway, yourself what okay, happened. Okay, yeah, on that's right. So they they don't want her to work there, but she's she wants to carry on. Kurt comes in and he wants his head, nose, and ears done. <laughs> and Max says he'll do it. For some reason, Baldry's like, no, 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 you let me do it. Um, no, Max doesn't say that he's. You've he'll written do it. M- Max. Yeah, I've written. Despite Max's protestations, Audrey insists she'll do it. Max oh, is I, just saying, I, I don't think you should, Audrey. Can you see how I interpreted that wrong? Yeah, I even guess though so. I saw the scene. <laughs> Sorry. It's because David's already. He's got this other. Yeah. Client there, hasn't he? David's working on somebody else, and then when he's finished, he tries to get. Kirk from Audrey and she's like no no and then her she gets the clippers and her hands start shaking really badly and she then pretends that she's forgotten something and so she goes to leave because he's obviously shocked at herself here that this is happening well it's also the it's fact... not helping her that, that David's shrieking in her face <laughs> it's also the fact that she realises she's being watched and yeah. I think that she's she is in denial she must be this these clippers can't be the only thing that's making a handshake. I'm wondering, like, when she's trying to pour herself a cup of tea, is she shaking the kettle? Or when she's trying to, I don't know, stoke her fire back at Grasmere Drive, has she experienced this as well? And and I don't think she... I don't think this would be the first time this happened. No, but I suppose because hairdressing is in her blood and she's she's been working in that salon since, what, late 90s now? And she's, she did hairdressing for many years before that as well sometimes was it out at the back of number 11 wasn't it it's it's one of these things that you think well I'm always going to be able to have this skill this is this defines who I am in a way um and when you suddenly have that taken away from you by just the 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 aging then you don't want to admit it Max and David (laughs) Gemma agrees find Audrey in the bistro drinking and David sits down with her and um, sends Max back to, as though he can do anything to keep the, the salon going. And David's t- trying to get, trying to talk to Audrey. And she's like, look, okay, I don't, I can't do it anymore. I don't even know what you're talking about when you tell me what haircuts you need. They don't make any sense to me. And we're with her, aren't we? Oh, yeah. All Fa- these modern haircuts, silly. Was it got fades? Is it? I don't know. I don't think that's a new thing. I've never asked for anything other than just cut cut the sides of them the top you just of go in hair. and say make it shorter make the hairs i yeah. have shorter than they are now yeah. but now now i've got this turkish barbers that i'm trying out you know maybe i'll i'll go experimental do you Who think knows Audrey what i'll be looking like next time i go to a visit would uh, approve of flaming your ear holes i don't know but it's it's almost a shame that she's retiring before she's had a chance to try it out i think she'd love it <laughs> She says, uh, maybe... I think that maybe this is going to be, this is going to be Hope's um, 
career move, you know, when what, she's old enough. Working in a Turkish barber's flaming men's ear off. Yeah, that's how she gets to um, still, you know, try out her love of fire in a safe environment. Yeah, I think I think that's, yeah, if I was a careers advisor at school, I'd be pushing her down that route. I don't think that she's Turkish telling barber. the careers advisor that she has a problem with arson. <laughs> I really, really like setting fire to things. What jobs are there Is for there that? Is there a trampoline fire thing I could do? <laughs> maybe she could work in fire safety testing the trampolines to see if they maybe, catch maybe. on fire. Anyway, David says that maybe it's time you hang up your scissors and she says, oh, I can't. I need the money because of Stephen. Don't pretend you're the victim, Audrey. Carla's out caught of a million quid. Mm-hmm. What she? I suppose she, he she's stole... Got, she's got the just, house money, is not she? She doesn't have the house no, money. No, he's got the house money. Well, he had the house money. Where's it all gone? I don't know. Well, it's in a secret... Into a convenient a soap bank, bank vault. Some, some, but this is what the bankers do, isn't it? They steal our money and they say, what's your password? And you say, I don't know. And they say, hi, you're not getting it back. Ours now. Ours now. Surely, oh, I'm not even going to get into it. On Wednesday, Audrey tells David that she wants to work with him and Maria later. And so when Maria comes dropping into the salon, she tells everyone there's an estate agent taking photos of Trim up north. And Audrey's like, oh, I'm sorry that you had to find out this way, but I'm selling it so I can buy back Grasmere Drive because I want my own house back. And Max is like, good for you, Gran. And David says, oh, this is a big step. And then she tells... David and Maria, that she wants to take over one of the chairs in the salon. And if you didn't know, that just means that she wants to take one of the jobs. Yeah. Because that's what they, that's kind of the way they talk about it in hairdressing. Mm. You have a chair, that's your chair. Um, David and Gary and Maria have a crisis meeting in the cafe and Maria's like, oh, well. Yeah, because it's either, it means that Maria and David are going to have to, Maria or David are going to have to leave. I... How have they gone from two salons... To, like, only one job. It's, it was a really, it's, I really like Trim Up North. I think the set's brilliant. Vin Diesel the Weasel, iconic instantly. Um, I don't understand the logic of we don't need, making two. No, it, it's it's not necessary. And, and I think now, I, I can't see at the end of this story that both places are still there. And it kind of does make me feel a bit sad that it's going to be Trim Up North that will go, presumably. Yeah, obviously. Well, they're selling it. When, yeah, when that's the more modern and interesting set and they're stuck with the same salon. And I know that they've they had a redecoration last year, but it, yeah, but it ties back in with the thing of so many things on Coronation Street just stay exactly the same. I say, let's have something else in the salon building. What? It's been a salon for... 30 years now let's try something new keep trim up north time to move on time to move with the times that's that's what i want really i know what they should put in there what vape shop <laughs> yeah well they're springing up everywhere aren't they <laughs> that's maybe that's hope maybe hope could have a vape, vape shop and it could be called stapes vapes Stapes-Vapes. i know she's changed her name to dobbs again but she could go back for a for business for a funny purposes joke. yeah <laughs> it would be ironic i suppose if hope was selling vapes which are the things that you can smoke without having to set yeah. fire to maybe them. she's just like you, <laughs> and when you come in and say hello please this i guess this is what you do hello may i buy a vape please she's like are you sure you don't want a lighter <laughs> you sure you don't want a cigarette go on you can burn them <laughs> anyway <laughs> would they dare? Would they ever dare to have a vape shop on Coronation Street, even though it would clearly reflect the 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 biggest? There's there's no other type of business that has 
boomed more in the last five to ten years. There's no new business I can think of that suddenly... Vape shops are like what... um, Tanning bed. They're like the salons. Starbucks of the 2020s. Oh, how, how sad is that? <laughs> I don't. They couldn't. They couldn't. Could they? It would. Um, it would not be a good look. But... It's the healthy alternative, <laughs> right? So, um, David, Mar- Gary, and Maria have this crisis meeting, and Maria's like, "Well, well I'm not going to get the job, are you? Because your family, David's, it's going to be you." And Gary says, "Why don't we buy Trim Up North?" And Maria says, "No. Don't even think about that." With all, well, is he? What's he got? Them? Is he still got any Eric's money sitting around? He's like, if you can tell me when Weatherfield County was formed, I can open this lockbox. Open up Rick's, yeah, Rick's bank vault. Um, well, she says I don't want a big mortgage, so they would have had to borrow the money. And Davey is worrying about Gran, Audrey working herself into an early grave. So they go back to the salon and try to convince Audrey she's being too hasty, and she says, no, no, no. I'm I'm doing my I'm doing it for myself now. I've got nobody to help me. I've got to bring the money in myself. I don't think she's heard of a pension. Maria tells her, stick your job, and goes away. He, he just yeah she does. It happened. You watched it. Maria she's, gets strapped with the fact that Audrey um, isn't deciding to yeah, just but, give it to her. She's uh, Maria's admitting defeat because she thinks that David's going to get it as a family member. And she also thinks that Audrey's being very selfish. Well, do, do you think she is? I, cause I don't know why she doesn't have a pension. I don't know. I don't know. But um, I can imagine Alfie making sure she had a pension. There was there was a scene later on in the episode where Gail and I, and uh, my notes aren't going to make sense in a bit. I just want you know already. I'm afraid. But Gail's trying to say to her, um, it, "It's not your fault about Stephen." And come on, don't don't be. She she reminds her about. Um, David and Nick stealing the money and saying, look, just because they did that, it doesn't mean that you need to take it out on them. Because Audrey, as much as we've been a supporter of her over the whole Stephen incident, I'm finding is being a little bit... Um, she is a little bit... Is it, she's being selfish, but is she? does she deserve to be selfish? What are you, what are you talking about? Should, should she, as the, the grandmother or the great-grandmother of the plan, the, the, the clan... The Platt that's clan. the Platt clan, yeah... Um, should she be obliged to give them the money or is she what perfectly entitled the, 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 the salon is, should she bequeath it to her because that's her she's duty she's not bequeathing anything I know she's not well what are you talking about oh, that I for know. I don't know she's not leaving she's not talking about that now she's talking about taking a job off of David or Maria what do you who think owns, happening I just, I just I just lose track of who owns what I don't know. Audrey owns Trim Up North, doesn't she? And she's keeping that money for herself. She's going to use the money to pay off Grasmere Drive. Yeah, oh, okay. No, it's not difficult. Okay. No, it's easy to understand. Stephen took the money from her, used the equity in Grasmere Drive, and stole that. So now the bank or whatever company owns that property. Mm -hmm. So. Because she owns the salon and Trim Up North... No, she doesn't own the salon, does she? Because Debbie owns the salon. She talked about paying rent to Debbie. Uh, well, whatever. Because she well, she owns the business that's in the property. Yeah. Because that's a separate concept, yeah. even though Corrie conflates them all the time. So she's selling Trim Up North and she's going to use that money to pay back into Grasmere Drive. But now she doesn't have the income from Trim Up North. 
So she thinks she needs to work at the salon to, to keep a roof over her head. Right. I don't really know why she needs to do this. And then she changes her mind within, within an episode. <laughs> because Gail's saying, look, you don't need to blame yourself. We're sorry that this has happened. We're going to look after you. And Audrey says, I don't know what I'm going to do. And Gail says, I think you do. So then Audrey tells Maria and David that she can't work at the salon anymore. And she wants Maria and David to co-manage it. I love how David bags it. He's like, I love it, I love it. This is so, a... This so this is is, a go on. I was just going to say, so, so Audrey is still getting a cut of this, but she's not getting as much as she would have done if she was cutting hair. Yeah, yeah. I um, This doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't matter. I, I loved it. This was another story that, because it's got characters in that I really enjoy watching... This had some brilliant scenes this week, and the relationship between these characters has built up over so many years. Um, I'm not sad to see David and Maria back together because I thought the, the David and Maria had one of the best working relationships. Yeah, they, they were fantastic, and all the the fun that they had with with uh, with Friday with Vin Diesel and everything was was brilliant to watch. But I I I did admit that I do admit that it was. Um, yeah, it's kind of sad to feel that it is the end of an era for Audrey, even though I've been thinking for a while she can't keep that place forever. Just to hear her admit it on the end of Wednesday's episode is kind of sad. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm just I'm just really confused about what... Why didn't Audrey say, you two have the chairs and I'll manage it? I don't know. That would have made more sense. Because she feels that she's still got it. She no, she's, she doesn't. Yeah, but she she's not wanted well, to fi- admit. It? She's not wanted to admit that she's um She feels she's getting still got old. It. Yeah, she feels that she's still but then why got she, many years no, of doesn't. hairdressing ahead of her. No, she doesn't because she's given it up. But no, she is now, but she doesn't well, want what are you saying? I'm saying that she she it was really hard for her to admit yes, that I she know. needs to hang up the scissors. Yes, we all know that. And it's what sad. are you saying? I don't Nothing, get it. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying, why didn't she just make David and Maria the hairdressers and she's the boss? Because I think the conversation with Gail has just helped her to realise that maybe no. winding everything she could down do at that. her age. She could actually do that. She can't do the cutting of the hair, but she can manage. She she just gone from saying, right, only two people can work there and one of them's going to be me, to, right, you're both the boss now. Oh, I don't know. And she and she was doing this because she needed the money. Now apparently she doesn't need it. We should go <laughs> home and look at her, her maths again and say, God, I really didn't add this up properly. I am actually I rich. actually loaded, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the first um, order of the day is for David and Maria, as you already said, argue over Vin Diesel, the weasel, who's been salvaged from Trim Up North. And I, I suppose that whoever was viewing that property is now going to have to have the news broken to them that he doesn't come <laughs> with it, which might affect whether they're willing to... To go ahead with the purchase. This is the first time that we've seen Vin Diesel for a long time. There, there haven't been any Trim Up North scenes for a jolly long time, have Well, they, they haven't had, been... They must have dismantled that set. Many salon scenes in general because of COVID. No. Yeah, but um, Vin Diesel was a lovely little... Because it was uh, one of the first scenes of the episode, wasn't it? With the, with him sitting there on the counter and they had some great close-ups close of him. I just find... It, he tickles me whenever he appears oh, on screen. Hilarious. I think he's absolutely hilarious. Is it the, is it the guys at Coronation Street experience that said, sorry, He's part of our exhibit now. Yeah, you, you, keep you him. can't keep him. So that having having them argue, which was a, a 
pointless scene, but a great little character moment between them. Like you said, David and Maria have got have, have had a, a really fun working relationship to watch, and to be fighting over this this weasel that lots of people feel passionately about was uh, was just right. It was right up my street. Well, I agree with Maria. The, the aesthetic is off here, and unfortunately, they've already done Audrey's up. They can't redecorate it just to match a weasel. <laughs> But I don't agree you should go in the skip. No, because, yeah, Max puts it in the skip later. Well, that was on Maria's say-so. Yeah. And um, that's, Audrey's that's, like, that's stop, harsh. stop that's bickering. That's proper harsh. Stop bickering. And, and Shona tells David he needs to make up with Maria. Yeah. Or else. And there was a really funny scene when Maria, David and uh, Shona are in the bistro in there. And uh, David's just being horrible. And Maria storms off and David takes her wine and drinks it. She's abandoned <laughs> it. I thought that was great. So um, what what do you think is going to happen to the Trim oh. Up North building? Oh, God. Vape shop. <laughs> I can see... Rival... Not another rival salon. No, no, no. It won't be. It doesn't need to be. It wasn't... It. Am I right in thinking that when they revealed Victoria Street, it wasn't a, a hairdresser? No, it was just abandoned. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a council building. I oh, know it was a state agents, wasn't it? That was in there um, at first. Well, now we got Hayes Travel. Just I oh, know that's different. They got to travel. They got estate. Could go back to that. Estate agents and travel Not agents the same thing. are two different things. I was. I wonder whether they could turn <laughs> it into a nightclub or or, or maybe quite it, small and right near flats. I don't well, think so. Perfect for drama. Um, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to seeing whatever it becomes. But I we, think they'll we really, just make it empty. I think as sad as I am to lose Trim Up North, it feels right because there doesn't absolutely need to be two I can't understand why there ever was an the idea vicinity. that this would make sense. It, it really you makes really, no sense. You can only have a character go in there to get their hair cut every, you know, six weeks or so. Otherwise it gets silly. Yeah. And and it it was very confusing for a long period about who owned what and who I was the manager of what. I still don't really know and, and soon it will be all over because we'll be back to one salon again. Good. Sad, sad times, sad times. Um, okay. Speaking of vapes, Gemma, we had the uh, the Dylan storyline back again this week. Um, like we said earlier in the episode, there was a lovely little uh, delightful French exchange between Sean and Dylan at the beginning of the episode. And in order to honour that, we're going to do the rest of this podcast in not. French. We are not. Um, he, Sean also presents Dylan with a pair of trainers, and I turned to you and I, and I said, "I reckon that I reckon that uh, Mason's going to be wearing those trainers before the week is out." And I was right. So um, Mason's getting all Larry with Dylan at school later. Was that that was a, that was a new set, wasn't it? Um, the the locker room. Yes. It looked it that looked quite I think realistic real to me. I know it wasn't. I don't think it was. I think that they. I think they just found a corner of the studio somewhere and put some lockers. It was, yeah, noticeably um, plain They're to not, me. They can't do that. That's lying. Um, so anyway, Dylan's trying to sell vapes around the school under Mason's orders. Where's he got all this? Is he's nicked it or something? That's what I want to know. Do you think he's nicked it? Well, they're, 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 where do you, they're where? either been nicked or they're off the back of a lorry or something because they're, we, we find out... What do you think off the back of a lorry means? We, we, find off, we found later that they are dodgy vapes, don't we? Um, because as uh, Simon tells um, Dylan, my dad's tried these and, and they're a load of rubbish. Do you reckon... A dodgy vape is one that, when you use it, it immediately makes you super healthy. <laughs> um, so he's he's trying to sell them around the school, and nobody's really biting. But then hope comes along. Dylan's because he's a good good boy at heart, um, not so keen to sell one to this this little girl. 
but um, so he tries to put her off, and uh, Mason's not very impressed with that because he he over he sees it happening. Um, Dylan finds hope, and she, he agrees. To, no, she's like, she, give me that she, vape she, back. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. She says that she'll give him the vape back, but it's gonna cost him double what she paid him for it originally, which is a great bit of uh, entrepreneurialism. Back Do you the, think that hope vapes? I don't. I don't know. I think in like in if this was real life, she probably would do. So many te- so many teenagers do it. It makes it's, me really sad. It to is think really how hard their lives are going to be trying to give this up. From what from what I'm hearing about the secondary schools around us, it's like such a it's common thing. It, it absolutely is, and and I spoke about my horror about how vapes are clearly marketed towards children a few weeks ago. But I know that kids used to smoke probably more than they vape I think, when they were teenagers. I think that hope... It's just really sad that we nearly got away from it mm. as a, you know, and now... Yeah, and now it's just, it's something it's, else. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like the Alka Pops, isn't it? Oh, Hooch, Not... that's the devil's juice. <laughs> I remember when Hooch came out on the news. Did you watch when we were... Because yeah. we were under 18 when this came out and um, all the news articles, all these presenters like... Elko pops are forcing children to become alcoholics, and I was watching it going. I can't wait to try that. Hooch looks great. I see. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that Hope strikes me as a as a vapor. She still seems too young. No, but she's very rebellious. Yeah, and she's so cool. I don't, it doesn't matter anyway. But um, <laughs> she she clearly is maybe up I for trying. I don't know where it, but these then kids also... are getting all this money from. I know. I no know. wonder. No wonder parents say it's so expensive. To have kids, stop, stop giving them vape money. <laughs> we never had vape money when I was a kid. Liam, Liam we was in fine. this story a bit this week as well, wasn't he? He's kind of loitering around the locker room, and he also gives Dylan ten pounds at the end of the episode because he realizes that his family's a bit hard up at the moment. Well, Dylan's what, so poor, he has to eat cheese sandwiches. Yeah, um, on Mason, uh, on. Mason, on Mason Friday, Day. on Mason down Friday, Mason comes and finds Dylan. Even though it's an inset day at school, he didn't get any respite from him because he's like, right, you need to sell the rest of the vapes today. It's, this is why he should have kept up his paper round. Yeah. He thought that was oppressive. He should have, well, he, he could have gone round every door and said, here's a paper, would you also like a vape with that? Yes, I think people would like that. <laughs> Delivered straight to your door, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean, for some reason, didn't realise it was an inset and has to I'm hear it from Hope. He doesn't know because um, not Dylan's attention. not at home and because he's off clear, selling vapes around. Um, Cassie is in that scene as well with Hope in the shop and she realises that Hope's a little bit more flush than she should be and Hope Buying kind of admits needles. it's something to do with Dylan and, and, and gives the game away that he's been selling vapes and, and everything that happened there. What do you think's worse for your health, a pot noodle or a vape? <laughs> I'll, come, I'll get back to you on that one. Um, Steve and... Uh, no, Steve, isn't it? He breaks up a scuffle between Simon and um, Dylan later when Simon comes back because he's been... Oh. He's bought these vapes for Peter yeah, and he comes yeah. back and says, my dad says that these are these are, these are are fake and well, that, I, I think, want my money back. Do you know what? I think that's rude. What? I think that um, Peter should have said, thank you, Simon. Is it? Thank you very the much. The thought that counts. And then not said anything rude about the vapes. <laughs> How dare you look a gift horse in the mouth when your um, child brings you a vape? Then we have scenes where Sean's having a go at Dylan because he's found out about this from Evelyn and Cassie. And did they? Or he found out? Or did he find it somewhere? It doesn't matter. He he's finds, fi- he's, he he finds out anyway. Bag. He's been looking in his bag 
and um, and he's, he's dumped all the vapes in the washing up bowl. This was a bit like oh, when no. um, was it was it did Ken burn Adam's drugs money? Yep. a few years ago. He's like, no, um, don't put your hands in that water because you'll get electrocuted. That and and then Ty, this is when Tyrone and Cassie come round and saying, what's going on? Cassie, bless her, you know she knows a, a bit about addiction. Says. You, you are giving these things away that are highly addictive. You you nutcase. You should sell them. And um and, and they're trying they're trying to find out if somebody is making him do it. And they hit the nail right on the head by saying, "Is this Mason, Mason that's doing this?" And he obviously won't admit it at this point. Storms out. Um and then indeed there's one more scene in the end of the episode for this one, and it is Mason stealing Dylan's shoes. He, he doesn't kind of steal pop- them. Well, he says, "Give me your shoes. Give me your money. I ain't got any money. Or well, what else you got then?" And did anyone else find it a bit weird that Mason just popped out of Victoria Gardens? Because Liam and Dylan were, were there at the gate, they were weren't they? It. they were, yeah. And then, di- di- yeah, what's he been doing? He's, He's been, been hiding them the plants. He's <laughs> been, been planting his bulbs for, his, uh, for the next year. Yes, this is the time to get your spring bulbs in. He knows this. He watches <laughs> Gardener's World. Um, I, I enjoyed this. This is an, uh, I, I've got very little, com- very few complaints about Corey this week. A lot of people week. hate this story. Do they? Yeah. I've not seen any reactions to this at all online. I am very much Maybe enjoying it. Maybe we're two fuddy duddies. I don't think that's possible. I think, like I said earlier, I think that that Luke is doing a great job playing Mason. Um, lovely seeing Dylan in a story. He's he's a very reliable actor. Um, Sean still he's getting lots of scenes where he's having to prove his. Um, you know, should, should be a parent and he's not just flouncing around and flicking his head round. We, we're seeing a side of Sean now more consistently than we've, that, that we've not really seen before. And I think that Anthony Cotton is doing a absolutely great job at being the... Kind the, of the useless stern... dad. No, he's not, he's not being useless. He is a bit useless. Why? He didn't know what insect day was. Mm. His kid's selling vapes on the street and he can only afford a cheese sandwich. I think he's doing his best Staying. to put his foot down and I, I am very much enjoying no, but that side see, of Sean. My point is that he he did, he did it and I think this is supposed to be what you get, supposed to take away from it. He did it in a way, in a manner of a man who's not actually used to disciplining his child. I would say that Dylan strikes me as the kind of kid who didn't really put a foot wrong until now. Oh yeah, I would say so. I don't think that Sean's got very much practice telling Dylan off. No. And so well, I think it's I, He's coming awkward. across well as, yeah, he's, he's trying, trying his best. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. Loving it, loving it. Um, what else do we have? Oh, you're a bit of Joseph, Gemma. Mm. Sorry. What's he, to, what's he doing? Just just not being ill. Oh, he's ill. He's not ill. He says he's on Monday, he says he can go to school and so Gemma and Chesney get into an argument because she thinks that Chesney thinks that she's um, making it up that he yeah. was sick and Chesney says yeah there's nothing wrong with Joseph you are it but is then in your head he apologises to her later and says that you were only looking out for him that it felt like very feather that scene well there was what two scenes there was a the beginning of the episode they fall out end of the episode they make up again and the story is no further down the road than it was last week I know lots of people say that think that this is factitious disorder Mm. Opposed upon another, okay, Munchausen by proxy. Yes. I just can't see how... It makes me feel tired. If that's really what that story is... I don't... I Like I said before, I don't need this story Yeah, nobody wants this story. Because, no, the thing about that is, I think a lot of people get confused about what... I'm not going to call it factitious disorder because it it annoys me. Munchausen's is... 
not where you think your kid is sick. That's kind of like a form of hypochondria. Munchausen's is where you make somebody ill on purpose so that you can gain sympathy and attention for yourself. That, to me, in no way fits in to Gemma's personality at all. No. She's not the sort of person who would do that. No, she she She, she wouldn't do it. She cares for those kids. She really cares about them. And I just think that it can't be that at all. Mm. It, it just I think people get confused about what, what that disorder is. Part of me is thinking, what's the point of this story? There's a perfectly good story with her brother that she should yeah. maybe be more involved with. Yeah. But equally, I'm thinking, I don't think she's needed. I think the, the, the love story, the tragic love story that's going on between Paul and Billy wouldn't be enhanced in the slightest by... Gemma being around, Bernie's already being the excellent third party in this story. Um, it doesn't really need Gemma. And yeah, there's no way Gemma's abusing Joseph to make him mm. ill. It kind of feels like they're saying, well, clearly Gemma's got to be doing something during Paul's storyline, but we don't want her in the storyline. Let's just make yeah, up something else. What what other drama can she have? I can understand that she's projecting that her anxiety onto Joseph. Yeah. But is it? I think Joseph's just stressed out, and he's saying he's sick when he isn't because he, he's sick and tired of mm. life and how horrible everything is all the time, and he wants to just stay at home and play computer games, which I think <laughs> we can all why wouldn't you uh, empathise with? Um, also, this week we had this Rovers story, which has um, been everybody seems to be wondering, as have the viewers, what's going on with the Rovers? It was boarded up about a month and a half ago and nothing seems to have happened with it since, despite the fact that they said that they were building the, the, the moving the builders in and they were going to get renovating straight away. Mm. So uh, um, when Brian realises this later and then phones up, did he phone up Waterfords? He finds out that um, they're planning to sell up because... The Waterfords have got cold feet over the whole deal because they don't like the fact that it's been associated with the serial killer. They should have so done now more somebody... research. Yeah, exactly. Loads so... of people died in there. So now they're going to sell it to the highest bidder, um, which turns out to be a property developer. <gasps> and, oh no, everybody, for the second time in about, what, three, four years, there could be a massive block of flats on Coronation Street. No! Oh, wait, no, that's not going to happen, is it? Ray Crosby is not going to be popping out and saying, hey, it's me again, I told you I'd build my luxury flats here in the end. No, the, the As much as I've enjoyed this Rovers story, it has been let down a bit by the fact that nobody thinks oh, this could be the end of the Rovers. So now putting this unrealistic um, potential outcome of, oh, what if there's flats built? Who's watching it thinking, oh, I hope that's not going to happen? Nobody. I don't know whether they... Could they have done something else to add a bit more drama here? What... The only thing I can think um, would be to have somebody buy it and just spitefully leave it abandoned. Like, say if... Like, I don't know, um, somebody at Waterford's like, yeah, you know what, you guys mess us around so much, I'm sick and tired of, of this whole street of people, we're just going to leave this property vacant and mm. you, you, we're going to squat on it and leave it there as part of our portfolio of properties and you're not going to have a pub. And then that would, you know, that it's, of course we all know a pub near us. Yeah. If you live in this country, you near probably never near an abandoned pub because that's happened to to hundreds literally mm. of them across the country. The idea that a pub could be 
just left vacant for for years is totally plausible. Yeah, but it's not going to happen on the show, is it? I must say, I did like the uh, I like Jenny behind the counter in the in the camera. Oh yeah, it was good. That wasn't was it? a bit of a, a flashback to her yeah. when she came in, mm. um, and then we had the the the. Ed story, didn't we? He starts off getting his card, his Norris card. He gets his Norris Cole card because he's obviously applied pretending that he was him because he's got this post that's in his name. Mm. And then they decide... Mike, Michael and Ed are talking about Wendy houses and Ed is determined that Glory's going to get a Wendy house for Christmas. Where are they putting it? I know, they've got no room. There's nowhere to put a Wendy house. <laughs> Ronnie finds Ed looking upset. And he says, I want to, a Wendy house. Maybe I can get some um, money out of the business. And Ed's like, uh, no, we build houses. <laughs> we don't build tiny, <laughs> tiny little Wendy houses. Ronnie leaves and Ed um, t- goes to the casino. And when he comes back later, he's got a Wendy house. How did that happen? Don't know. He's got a good string of luck here, has Ed. He sends Michael off to make sure Gloria and Didi don't come home so he can get all the stuff in the back so he can put this um, Wendy house together later. And then Michael leaves and Ed looks at this credit card that he's got and he, he starts to cut it in two, but I don't know if he does actually cut it. Well, yeah, and he, those scissors weren't going through the chip, were they? No. So um, he might be having second thoughts about this. Oh, you know, I can understand... You know, you said before, like, I can't understand how you get addicted to gambling. Mm. Um, not Not like... Oh, you you must be a terrible person. Like, I can't imagine that happening. Um, to, to like I can't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I was thinking, like, if you could, if there was a way where you could go into, like, like he literally gets the cab, goes to the casino, and wins enough money to to make his like wish come true. That I can see how that's addictive. Yeah, yeah. Bloody Maybe hell. it was really that easy. Yeah. Well, it, sometimes it is. And that's half the... <laughs> isn't that half the problem? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it is that easy. And then you think, oh, that will happen again. And then then you lose your house and you have to live in a windy house. <laughs> Maybe that's where this story's going. Yeah. They're going to have them all cramped into that. Oh, the Bailey's going, another fine mess you got sent <laughs> into, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, okay, so that, an- that's it. What? Oh, I had another on. thought about... Joseph, yeah. maybe he's the one that's got the Munchausen's or whatever. Maybe he's making himself sick. Maybe. Because obviously by proxy and post upon another, we, we normally talk about it in terms of uh, an abusive parent or caregiver who's abusing a child for attention. But, you know, it was originally, you know, the name of it is... And that's what um, Curtis, you know, there was a question about him yeah. having that. So where you where you do it to yourself? Mm, mm. Is it too soon after Curtis? Uh, I think it like, is. What you saying about making yourself sick reminded me of when Amy was trying to make herself sick by drinking milk when she was really really little, and then that reminded me of the scene that got oh, you yeah. goat in the hospital today when Amy's like, "Why have you brought me a black coffee?" And thinking that maybe there might be oat milk available yeah, in why the uh, Weatherfield General the... cost, uh, coffee machine. Yeah, why doesn't the hospital machine have a wide variety of plant based milks? <laughs> These these um millenn no we're millennials, millennials aren't they what are they gen gen Zennials. Zs yeah right um so good week on the whole could could have done without the Joseph stuff but honestly every other storyline had an awful lot to enjoy I enjoyed the, it yeah. the Amy story came out of nowhere for me and I absolutely loved it oh, I... um it was El- Elmer Vaney 
brilliant performances. The, the nightclub scenes, filming on location, somewhere a bit different. Absolute, totally on the edge of our seats because I did not know what she was going to be doing to that guy that she uh, that she she didn't. <laughs> Neither did she. she allowed to drug himself. She didn't know what she was doing. Um, the Isla stuff is intriguing to me because as little as we see them as a couple, I do like Nina and Asher. And and I I thought that the scene with Isla and, and Asher chatting away while Nina was just melting into a puddle of boredom was a lot of fun. Paul and Billy, enough um, said. Some people that we know that talk about hospitals. It reminds me of people like that we are that just natter on for hours on end while people are sitting there going, "Oh, can they just get to the cabin section, please?" What are you talking about? These people you know in real life. Um, Yeah. So the enough said with the Paul storyline. The salon was a real end of an era. kind of feels quite significant but having David and Maria as business partners I think is ripe for potential co-managers not business partners oh yeah sorry co-managers you're right the vape stuff I'm loving the teens um Rovers obviously the fact that that storyline's rearing its head again can only be a good thing and and I'm liking seeing Ed's um struggles with uh with gambling it was a really really good week um i'm kind of struggling a bit with the score but i don't know whether i'm feeling overly generous here but oh. i don't what, what i'm gonna give it four are you yeah okay okay four because i loved um four slaps around the face with a bag of chicken nuggets <laughs> um i loved i loved the amy stuff i know it's silly i know it was um overblown i know it was unrealistic but you guys know me. Of course I loved it. Um, <sighs> I saw some people also complaining it's getting too much like Hollyoaks. But personally, can't relate to that because I've never seen it. <laughs> so it no, so it, was fre- it felt fresh and different. <laughs> that was the whole point. Yeah. When they went to that club, they... It's not the first time that Corrie's been to a club, but I'm going to say it's probably the first time in about 20 years they've had a scene there. Um, okay, I am going to give this... Shall I? Mm. No. Oh, yeah. Character of the week for me is Amy. Of course, of course. Goes yeah. without saying. Um, oh. Shout out to Ardy. Just trying to fill the space here for you. While I'm, while I'm making my decision. Mm-hmm. It's not a four and a half. I'm like really, really on wow, the cusp of giving it a four, four and, and a half. half. I really, really was. But I don't think nice. it was quite, quite big enough, even though tonight's was brilliant. That's cool. Um, yeah, a really high four fruits of Dev's loins gathering ominously outside his door. Wow. And and that is That's Asher scary. and Ardy and Amber and um unknown child. Yeah, there's loads of them. <laughs> that he fathered when he was a massive Lothario 30 years ago. We know there's more than those. There three. are. He's, he's got yeah, many fruits of his loins. He could make a whole fruit salad That's out a, of it. <laughs> That's a particularly hairy kiwi. <laughs> um, okay, okay. Good stuff, Coronation <laughs> Street. I, I, I love it, but I also get nervous because I know this streak of banging episodes is going to come crashing to a halt and you never know when it's going to. No. Maybe Monday episode is going to be absolutely awful and then we'll be back in the doldrums again but for now I'm riding the high of we've had a couple of really really strong Coronation Street weeks so well done and um I hope it carries on through Christmas. You know what? We didn't have any didn't have any Ryan and Daisy stuff. No. Honestly I think that if Ryan and Daisy had replaced any of these stories it would have well, made it on. a worse no. week. Oh oh okay. so yeah they're, they're... they could have slipped in instead of Joseph. Yeah, but the, the Joseph stuff, honestly, what was it? It was two scenes mm. 
pointless. Just have more <gasps> scenes of something else. Um, okay, so that's it for this week's Street Talk. Let's move on to the news. News, news. Gemma, do you love award nominations? Because you got... <laughs> I thought we got rid of the like awards. They're, they're non-stop at this time of year. It's the I Talk Telly Awards are the latest um, to, to yes. give us chance to vote for Corrie's Finest. And uh, Best Soap, obviously you can vote for Coronation Street. Don't vote for anything else, otherwise we'll find out and hunt you down. Best Soap Newcomer. Okay, who, who are we reckoning? Because I know you haven't seen who's been nominated for this. Jodie Pranger. Yeah, maybe you have. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and also Kate Fitton, who plays Lauren. Like, is Jodie Prentice, she, does she really still count as a soap newcomer? She's been it in an awful long time. She must just about squeeze in there. But um, she gets my vote, I'm going to say. Um, as, as good a job as Kate is doing as being unlikable Lauren. Best soap performance. you got Charlotte Jordan and you got Todd Boyce. Yeah. How about that, eh? You little what Todd a, stuff. What, a pair of crackers? Yeah. I, I you know, I people, there, there were lots of varying opinions on Todd Boyce's... Um, uh, portrayal of Stephen we thought he was fantastic so I'm really really happy to see that he's he's got um, a nomination there Charlotte Jordan is like an obvious one I'm I'm really thinking actually I'm surprised that Peter Ash isn't up there their Cory just really really seems to be wanting to push this acid attack storyline and it's what's aftermath. that got to do with I talk telly awards what uh, doesn't doesn't Coronation Street I thought the soaps kind of no, this suggest is just... who people might want to nominate. Like we'd really quite like it if you vote if you nominated people in these stories. But I, I, I think I don't think they influence this. I don't I don't know, I don't know. But um anyway, so Charlotte George, Jordan versus Todd Boyce, make your choice. Um and then best soap couple. Here we got Peter Ash and Dan Brocklebank, so um Paul and Billy, um going up head to head with some um very strong contenders, David Nielsen and Maureen Lipman. Who would you pick out of that those pairs? That's difficult. I think um it would be Dan and Peter. Yeah, they've had more together time Roy and Evelyn are making a great double act but I think I think they've it's, it's called best soap couple well Roy and, and and Evelyn aren't the couple what was going on with because she was kind of mooning over him a bit earlier this year wasn't she and getting yeah. um, jealous of Yasmin who seems to have disappeared apart from for that ridiculous Jew storyline but anyway I, I think we do have some good uh, contenders there so go and vote you've got until this time next week so 10pm on Friday the 24th of November at italktelly.com cast your votes um, and the winners will be announced at 10am on Sunday the 10th of December and it's going to be around about that time that we're going to be announcing the nominations for our Conversation Street Awards. So nobody will care about the I Talk Telly Awards oh, after that point because that's that the right? only one that counts. Yeah, we, we were starting to have a look last weekend, weren't we, at our nominations for the awards this year. Very, very exciting. We haven't, we haven't nailed down anything, uh, everything about it. <laughs> haven't done anything. anything. No, we haven't nailed down everything. Well, but we, we, we're on, on our way there and we have got a slight change to the awards this year, which I'm just teasing now by saying... There's a slight change to the awards this year. You have to wait and see what that means. Um, now, next one, Gemma. Yeah. Oh, do you, I just don't know whether you wanted to take this joyous news. Congratulations. Sam Aston and wife Bryony uh, are going to have another baby. You sound so thrilled for them. It's a girl. More in OK or Magazine. A... Is it? Oh, yeah, they are going to have Have you a... written this? I did write... Sorry, I didn't... I, I don't... 
It's news. It, is, they've they've got the they've got the is it a cover of it probably know. is. Okay, Mag, they're gonna have another baby. I'm gonna say probably another ginger baby because they got two already, and uh, and three just makes uh. the set. Um, there was a sad sort of um, interview with them. Apparently, there was um, there was she was brand new was pregnant. I know with I twins read this first. after I started saying it in a tone of voice, which is why I got confused. Well, they're still pleased that they're gonna have a baby. And very sadly, she was pregnant with twins, but lost one due to vanishing twin syndrome. But um, yeah, I'm sure we all wish them the very very best of luck with the third baby. Um, that's that's that news. Sally Divner and Sue Cleaver, a part Way. of Flash Mob, were breast cancer is on. Oh, oh no! <laughs> you started to. I haven't set Sorry. you up with this news You've that starts. Congratulations, yeah, and then and then something very sad, and then also Sally Devner and Sue Cleaver, Flash Mob. And then it's to do with cancer. Yeah, well, you know... Well, Sally... I'm sure it's fun. Yeah, she, it wasn't... A, I don't think they were up It wasn't dancing. like shouting at people going, you might have cancer, was it? Well, it kind of was. No, it... but, you know, I mean, they were being supportive and saying, you might want to see. You Not might like want to give your boobs a squeeze. So Let I'm... me do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday, I'm this is a couple of days ago. Anything. Sally Dinover and Sue Cleaver and other breast cancer survivors um, were, were working with the charity Prevent Breast Cancer. They took over um, the floor and the speakers of Manchester Piccadilly Station, just telling people allowed... to check their bits and bobs because um, it's probably a good idea to see if there's any lumpy bits there. You said they took over the floor. You make it sound like you can't walk on the floor unless you check your boobs. <laughs> or, or, or unless somebody checks them for them. Yeah. And I, th- I think that Amy wouldn't be very supportive of that Do you think they both move. stood there going, honk, honk? <laughs> I, they, they were on the news. I think I would imagine that maybe Sally and, um, and, and Sue were mostly over the speakers, over the tannoys, telling people, um, just giving dropping fact bombs and truth. Oi, you! Have you checked your boobs? Yeah, you. And they had like a tape. They had a little stall there the with some top. fake boobs that you could squeeze. And I'm, oh, there are probably no. people lining up for that, as, as well as various other things. But Sally Dinover has been a, a massive supporter of um, Prevent Breast Cancer and other breast cancer charities since she herself was diagnosed, mm-hmm. um, gosh, about 14 years ago, I think it must have been. And um, apparently Sue Cleaver heard about the charity from her pal Sal and decided She's to like, get involved as well. Hawking some great bazooms. Yeah. Sign me up. And, exactly. And Sandy Devon was like, no, Sue, you've got told about this before. Tell you what, if I'd known no, there were... that was all joke. That's all a joke. That's all a joke. <laughs> if I'd known about that. this before, would I have wanted to take a trip on the train to Manchester Piccadilly just so I could say hi? Anyway, back to cancer. Southampton. Back to Bye. Southampton for me. I think this is great. It's, it's uh, always good to see the soap stars doing things for charities. And this sounds like a, yes. a fun, different way to do it. I wonder how many people went up to them asking for autographs and they said, no, we're not really here Signing for that. boobs only. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> oh, the pens have gone over a bit of a lumpy. You might want to no. get that checked out. No, um, meanwhile, meanwhile, in completely impossible to make this controversial or um, insensitive news. Ellie okay, Leach yeah. is still doing very, very well in Strictly Come Dancing. She came second on the leaderboard last week. She got three nines and an eight. That's pretty good in my book. Yeah. I can't. I well haven't done. written down what she did a dance to it. And we haven't seen it, but I, trust I that think it, is very it was good. the theme tune to the Archers. I think she did the hokey cokey to the theme tune to the Archers, yeah. and that went really, really and they were well. Like, that was, was almost as good, but the the one who, the person who won it did did the Macarena to the national anthem. Yeah, exactly. And we're all still sad about the Queen, so they win. Um, 
That's it for the news. Not much news this week. Doesn't matter because we're a bit tired, but we thought we'd better mention it. Yeah, next. Yeah. Feedback. What are you saying? Nothing. What I just... To say? No, I Feedback. choose me that announces next. the next section, but you go for next. it. Next. Feedback. It's feedback time. It is feedback time. What are you confused for? Nothing. Average score on the Facebook group last week 4.0.778. You can't do this. You're rubbish. You couldn't read what Chad. episode number we were at the beginning. Now Chad. you can't read the score. 4.07. Chad gave it four unlikely new underworld machinists out of five. Smashing it. Jonathan, three Actually. good drillings from Todd. <laughs> And uh, Lucy, I enjoyed four times Izzy over-enthusiastically shouted strike out of five. And, and many, many more. Thank you to everybody who voted there. And I would also we like say to strike. say a big thank you to, we have got two new patrons this week. Patrons on Patreon. Matt Go Patreon. and Stephen. Thank which is you. cool. I th- we usually put the Patreon thanks at the end, but I think, no, I think that, you know, these super fans need to go top billing. So thank you very much, you too. We very, very much appreciate thank it. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Don't forget, I am going to do my roundup of spooky movies. You keep saying that. You I keep know, promising you never... it. We're very, very busy. Talk about it. We got, we got so much on. Um, anyway, um, we we ha- we did actually buy something. We're not going to say what it is yet. With um with some of our Patreon money, just earlier this evening, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We have to wait and see what that is, but it it's is vapes. slightly Coronation Street related. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to try them out. Well, they just make them look so cool I on know. Coronation Street, don't they? Get... Look at all the colours. It makes it influences me to get them and put them all in a sink. Yeah. Tell you what, this story on Curry, this Curry's was all about vaping and raping this week, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the new fagging and shagging, vaping and raping. Oh dear. This is why we can't get advertisers. This is, this is why, this is why. Right, um, Rebecca. <laughs> Has got, we've only got a couple of emails right. this week. It's Rebecca, Rebecca and says, Nancy. Go. Yeah. Rebecca, but go. I'm saying it. Stop it. First of all, just taking my time with this. I love Friday's episode, especially the Paul and Billy scenes. Peter and Dan played them perfectly and conveyed the drama and comedy in the same scene. Just what Corey is. I was thinking Super Soap Week for Paul's death, but could easily be Britain's Got Talent Week as that mirrors up more with the timeline. Yeah, gee, I don't think it can make it until Super Soap I'm next never, September or October. I'm never, ever going to learn when know, any of these things that's are. That's why I, so at the end of my sentence, I said September or October time. To make it happen. Do you think it could last nearly a year? I think that's dragging it out too long. I think it's too tragic. I think it will be spring. Yeah. Um, We'll have to wait and see. Um, I love Bernie, but this time she has no leg to stand on. She was caught on camera, and the only (laughs) chance she has is if Big Garth covers for her and goes down for the crime. Big Garth, we haven't even seen hide nor hair of him this week, have we? He had, what, one scene, two scenes? I can't remember last week. But he's, like, probably skipping away thinking, I got away with this. Jane Hazelgrove, though, on Friday's episode was brilliant, and I loved her scenes with Abby, who would understand what Bernie was going through. I also really hope we get some scenes with Paul and Gemma this week. Did we? I don't I don't think we did, did we? No. Still no Paul and Gemma. Um, maybe we need to have a scene of Gemma walking in on Paul and Billy having a bit of a romp on the no, sofa. No, we don't need any more don't walk-ins. Need that. I have no idea what's wrong with Joseph, but I'm leaning towards some anxiety problems. Yeah. Not bullying, just not wanting to go to school. You know that um, if you get really anxious, it can make you sick. Maybe oh yeah, that's what's wrong with him. Maybe I can't remember how old he's supposed to be now. I remember, you know, you know, I was saying like I used to not, I used to not go to school quite a lot. Mm. Um, I remember reading that you could eat a unripe tomato and it would make you really sick, but I was always too chicken to do it. 
So I just said I was ill. <laughs> mental mental health uh, and anxiety problems are absolutely on the increase in schools around the country at the moment. So if that's what it is, then it's um, it's certainly realistic. Uh, but we have to have to see. Mm. Um, on to the Peter and Carla story. I agree, says Rebecca. The Spain stuff was stupid. <laughs> Why could not Carla have just made a Zoom call? But I did love the strike stuff in Wednesday's story and then Evelyn, Roy and everyone filling in for the strikers. I especially like Sally and Izzy thanking Carla for her help through Sally's cancer and Izzy's COVID struggles. And I kind of want Toya to make a move on Peter too, just to prove a point as Carla is being such a cow and Toya was just being generally nice. Yeah. However, I would want Peter to rebuff Toya as I don't want a full-blown affair. Yeah, what would you think about that if Toya made a move on Peter and then he rebuffed her? I, I wouldn't want anything to happen between Toya and Peter, but I also don't want her to be rebuffed because that's no, I don't kind want her of a to bit be shot down in her prime, a bit embarrassing for yeah. the character. No, or maybe she could, maybe Toya could make a move on Peter, and then she's the one that rebuffs him and just say, "Well, oh, see, Carla, I could have had him if I wanted to. Look what your man's like." How about? But she holds no grudges with Peter. That'd be quite cool. How about? Peter misunderstands the signals and thinks she's coming on to him and tries to kiss her and she's like, no, Peter, we're just friends. Maybe, maybe. I'm surprised to see Crystal back, but it's annoying me how much she's starting to look like Daisy. Is she? I can't remember. Does Crystal look like Daisy? She's got brown hair. Maybe you don't know because you thought it was Daisy. Maybe. it was actually Crystal. I don't know if it's on purpose or anything, but yeah. Oh, and Daniel, those mushrooms look disgusting. (laughs) I know you wanted to cook from scratch, but you don't have to prove a point. Mushrooms always look disgusting, Rebecca. I really like Dylan at the moment and I really dislike Mason. He's just an idiot and Dylan needs to tell him to do one. Oh yeah. Can you imagine that if Dylan tried to tell Mason to do one? He'd hammer him into the floor. Get lost. Layla is intriguing, however, and I'm wondering if she's hiding being gay and lying about sleeping with boys to save face. I just, I got a feeling... Where's she gone? Well, yeah, exactly. I I think that she was a one-episode-and-done kind of character, unfortunately, which is a shame, especially as they had the school scene this week that she could have been loitering in the background She might just be a goon. She wasn't that goonish, No, I know, but she she? might be one of the goons that kind of hangs around and looks sad. Mm. You know how in a gang, in, like, if there's a teenage gang in something, there's always the, the ringleader... There's the hero who's getting bullied, and then there's a bunch of like bunch of lackeys, horrible, and one of them feels one of like they're being cajoled. Always along. really tall. One of them's always really fat, and one of them is like a sad one that just gets swept up <laughs> in the excitement. Yeah, we didn't have Conch this week either, did we? What happened to him? Yeah. Anyway, um, she maybe um, maybe they've joined a new gang. Maybe um, Rebecca suggests that Layla has not slept with anyone, and she and Dylan will be in the long line of virginal teenagers. Good. They never stay it though, do they? They don't stay chaste. Finally, the Amy story was short, but I'm assuming it'll be in it more this week. Oh yes, you can say that again. I did laugh at Summer freaking out about the typo. Typical Summer. (laughs) Character of the week is Paul. It was Peter till Friday, but Peter Ash knocked it out of the park, and I will give it four times the Winter Browns were mistaken for the Von Traps out of five. (laughs) What was the joke there? Gemma Gemma didn't know who they were or something. I know who the Von Traps are. Not you, you plonker. Um, I don't remember. I'm tired. Gemma, what has Nancy got to say this week? Um, Nancy says, The Paul storyline was so well done. It was totally realistic and really resonated with me. I love the part when Paul said he got baptised. I could totally relate to the bathtub scene too. I used to help my mother when she took a shower. Summer coming in was hilarious. Is that when you took when you helped your mother with the shower, Nancy? Some of you used to come like, and you had a good old laugh about it. I thought it was fictional. 
Uh, Mason is a wonderful character even though he's a bully. Sean needs to get closer to Dylan so he can deal with his issues. Will Mason ever get arrested for running over Eliza? I mean, it, I I'm kind that. of, yeah, I'm kind of thinking that this whole story is going to end with him being arrested for running over Eliza and people will go, oh yeah. But that seems <laughs> like an easy sort of yeah. end for him. Although she's not not really badly hurt. She no, had a I bit of a bump fine. on the Just arm. Give her a tap. It made her life more exciting for a bit, didn't it? Slightly. Nancy says it was. <laughs> Imagine she got a cast on it, but nobody, nobody, nobody likes. Signed nobody signed him. She, or she's just got one big one signature that says Stu, another one that says Dom, and it's like it's literally these are the only characters I ever have and anything both, to do with. They both scrubbed their names out and written them bigger. <laughs> yeah, because the other one was bigger than theirs. <laughs> but it's good, handy. They've both got three letters. Yeah. 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 So Yasmin's not not allowed to sign it. No, then. clearly not. Or Alia. <laughs> yeah, Alia's like, oh, I've got a pen. And Eliza's like, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only that cool people and sign my cast, actually. Mason. We do bully Alia, don't we, on this show we sometimes? We do, yeah. It's only in good fun. Uh, I'm the fat one. Who wants to put a... <laughs> and you're the one that's reluctantly sucked into the gang. Yeah, I just do it to be cool <laughs> so you think I'm cool. Yeah. Uh, Nancy says... It was interesting that Crystal came back and appears to be with Ryan now. I could see Daisy is jealous. Is Daisy going to try and split them up or is she done with Ryan? She is not done with Ryan. No, no way. way. No way. There's going to be a, do you reckon there's going to be a sexy Christmas snog? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, I kind of want for maybe next week for there not to be Ryan and Daisy stuff. And Again. maybe, well yeah, you know, because cause of the block filming. What else are they going to do? There's nothing, what else can they do? Anyway, well, I just want says, this week's. Well, who? What can who do? Ryan and Daisy. I don't know. They've got to move into the flat, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to get it together eventually. Uh, Nancy says, "I love the Sally and Daisy scenes. What will Lauren think about Crystal? I wonder. Cannot wait to see Amy in a storyline. Is Ida going to be involved? Yes. Yeah. I give this week's episode four glasses of milk that Peter had instead of whiskey. Out of five, character of the week is Paul." Lovely. Nice one. Thank you, thank very you much. Nancy. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you to our new patrons and thank you to everybody who's commented on our Twitter and Facebook, even if you were you gave, Yeah, you gave okay. Gemma you yeah, she actually had a lot of fire in her on Wednesday night on the with the old uh, with the old tweets, didn't you? A lot of a lot of people with um just like Dave five million eight hundred and sixty four kind of people, you know? <laughs> Those kind of people. Yeah. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I hope that Email next week's curry is good. Oh, at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find us on conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can. Leave us a review on iTunes. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, Patreon. Yeah, and go and listen to our bonus podcast this week. We haven't mentioned that yet this week, have we? We did a listener questions. That's where right. Where we talked about villains, Gemma's favourite topic. Love it. Um, and then another one about potential duos of characters who have not really interacted so far together, but we think they might be quite good, good chemistry. Together. Yeah. Yeah. Listen so to that's, that. That's Enjoy it. that. And thank you for listening again. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Ta-ra. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Podcast Themes.